2: Go for the game, go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
3: It's Monday, welcome in everybody, three hours of power, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Derek Gunn, the man with the lid, Barrett Brooks, the man with the kick-ass shirt, and I am Rob Ellis, (laughs) so what do we, Gunnar, let me see your shirt, let's get our shirt uh, roll call here. Okay, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Mine you is were, by the way, you two are almost matching color wise with the shirts. With the you products. didn't get the color yeah.
4: memo, dude. See, I you, know, you man. The color
3: memo. I'm a rebel. I, you know, I'm a habitual line stepper. Derek. So <laughs> what, uh, what do you have there? The fresh kicks, father. I like that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That that mask is almost like. Do you guys remember uh, Fat Albert the cartoon? Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah dude. He, 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 he would wear the yeah this this the cap over his yeah yeah yes. oh yeah <laughs> yeah.
4: I was gonna say Ray Mysterio, the former wrestler. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's
3: right. Yeah, all those, man. But go, yeah, good to see you guys. Hope everybody had a uh, had a great weekend. So we, when we last left Derek, when we last left Barrett on Friday, right, right. Um, we knew he was going to be playing in Devontae Smith. Oh, here we go. Here celebrity we go. And, uh, softball game, which was up uh, in the Lehigh Valley. It yep. was Coca-Cola Ballpark, right, right, Barrett. Yeah, where the. Um, um were
5: the where the blue hens not the blue hens but
6: the um the uh the the, 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 the engineers
5: or something like that Lehigh, Lehigh, Valley. Lehigh Valley
3: Lehigh Valley plays there yeah.
5: yeah yeah the 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 Phillies um Iron Pigs the Iron Pigs yeah so it's yeah. it's their state in fact they say it's one of the nicest stadiums as far as a Triple A and Double A ball you can play in it was uh, yeah, really
3: nice dude i'll tell you the uh that one and Reading are both beautiful right they're both, they're both amazing oh Reading's
5: an
4: awesome
3: stadium it is. It is. And if but you stand it? out, if you stand out in the in the parking lot behind home plate, guys hit foul balls that go right out of the stadium and you can catch them. Just a little tip. <laughs> for wow. Yes. I saw Cole Hamels debut at double a ball there. We I covered it for Comcast Sports then. Cole so anyway, Hamels. Wow. That was a long time ago. All right. So hi. Hi, everybody. I see Showtime. Our, our man uh, T Fortuna. I see Captain Pills. Tony. Mrs. Brooks, Mrs. B checks in. Hey, uh, Brooks so, is back. Hi, uh, everybody. We appreciate you all. Smash the like button. All right. So, uh, Barrett, it was a star-studded affair. Yes, you it was. You were there with the likes of Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, just to name a few from the Eagles, like Dallas Goddard, uh, around the league, Micah Parsons, who had his own team. So, it was team Waddle. Devontae Smith versus team Parsons, correct?
5: Yep. Yep. That's what it was, man. and okay. It was just a great environment, man. Guys were for, for and, and I was kind of out of place because I was the only retired player there. I was the only lineman there, also. I got wow. all, these, all these fast guys, you know, running around linebackers, wide receivers, DBs, line, you know, linebackers. All these fast guys are there, and guys that are in shape. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, the that's all the, the key.
3: That's yeah. the key. The last part.
5: Well, I told him I am in shape, it's just round, you know what I'm saying? But you know, that's why
1: you lesson. lie like that. <laughs>
4: why you tell a lie like that?
5: What What, what you mean? I am in shape.
4: He is in round shape?
1: shape, round. round.
5: Oh, oh, okay, okay. All right,
1: yes. all right.
4: Uh, my bad. See, look, I you, that see, look at you. Look at you.
5: Miss Gunn. Look, look I, I, knocked, gun, right?
4: I, I ain't knocking you your game, bro. I'm just saying, you say you're in shape. No, those dudes are in shape, right? Right. You used to be in shape,
5: see, and it was very apparent, very, you know. I mean the you know, you look at it, the you know, the, the eye test was there. The eye test was I belong there. These guys are in supreme shape, ready to run, you know, looking like Adonis is running around. Wait, were you
3: the only retired player there, Barrett? The only retired player that the only player
5: that was over thirty-five. Uh, okay. I you, you know, see I'm the only player over thirty five. Brandon Graham was was the next um was the next oldest, and he's what 33? 33, 33. That, that's be, a
3: complimentary 35, 34, 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so, you know, that's a little love for you that those guys would invite you to that, bro. Job. I
5: it, it was amazing mm-hmm. because all the Eagles players knew well, AJ Brown didn't know who I was, you know, he's he kind of in town, he's yeah, you know, you know, so he kind of you know treated me with kids' gloves, but you know, um, everybody else knew who I was, very open to talk to me. I mean, we, we got along good, it was just like I was one of the fellas, like I was in a locker room again. So we, you know it, it was it was a different type of environment, man. So I get there, we go to uh, we go to uh, the home run derby. Dang, so, you
4: see what Captain Tuna said?
5: Okay. Dang, he
4: already throwing haymakers.
5: <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Yo, whoa, Tammy. whoa, Tammy's whoa, whoa, Tammy, Tammy, she wow. said, "Wow." <laughs> well, I felt like a girl when I was out there. I tell you what, man, I'm swinging that ball. I tell you what, I'm 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 trying to rip the 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 the, the leather off of it. So every time I'm, I'm trying to Wait, We have video. We right. have. This
4: is, is from,
3: uh, from right. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. Yeah, our, our buddy Jeff Kerr has Look at all those. More than 3,000 people have seen this, too, by the way, Barrett. Wow. The so Barrett stepping in. Here we go. I like, I like you got your 72. I wasn't oh, bad. That's not that's bad. That's
4: swing. Not bad at all. You got it out the infield. That's the main thing. I'm trying to get, oh, it, trying to get it up, man.
3: I'm trying to get it up. It's out of infield. All right, let's see. That's not, that's
7: a base hit. That's a base
5: hit. There right, we go. I, I actually I actually hit a couple home runs. Now they weren't the home runs going out of the stadium, but they had a fence set up. You know, to, you know where were really. But the it went over court. the
3: fence that they set up.
5: Yeah, yeah. All right, so then actually, that's a home me run. And, me and Brandon Graham, we um, we 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 tied. We tied. You know what I'm saying? So I I was the old guy. You he tied with guy.
3: Brandon. Okay, that's fair enough. Now, did you play in the actual game? is The question
5: well, let me get to that, okay? Um, I so after I did that, I was like, boy, I'm t- I'm telling, I'm exhausted, I'm tired. I, I gave it
4: all. <laughs> How many cuts t- did
3: you take? How many 10. swings? Totally sw-
5: swinging away, look at this.
4: Barrett stay behind the mic. Wow, <laughs> totally get swinging. to
3: that. Dude, your
5: boy get is coming it. after you today, bro. right? Right? I mean, we couldn't go fishing because of the weather, he's all pissed off. Because of thank that. god, it thank wasn't my
3: fault,
5: thank god. All right, what so ten,
3: 10 swings and you're you're beat. I'm exhausted, right? All so
5: right. then I thought about this. Was, uh, we're going into game time. So game time is like 30, 40 minutes later. Okay. So I'm watching these guys run around. I'm looking at them like, wow, these guys are in shape. <laughs> They're running around. So I start stretching. And I'm looking. So I, 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 I kind of go from, all right, guys, let's go. From stretching to, all right, let's go. All right. um, Hey, Devontae, I need you to go play shortstop. <laughs> and, you know, so I, I transfer from being a player and I kind of smooth my way into being – a coach, okay. So after a while, you know, I'm, I'm coaching yeah, that's the guys. pretty smart, actually. Hey, you need, you need some water, yeah. Man. I got you right here. I got some water, hey, grab some yeah. kids, you know, got the guys some water, you know. So at, then I saw a guy that had the mic and he didn't know what the hell he was doing. So I'm like, you know what, this is just gonna be a seamless transition. I said, let me see that mic for a minute. And five minutes into the game, I was in my element, okay. You muted yourself, hey, you muted, muted yourself, dude. Welcome <laughs> to sports tape. <laughs> and and from that point i was good derrick gunn rob ellis we're here today talking about the eagles in their softball game here we have jalen hurts up and from that point
3: on I was so you I, MC'd I the rest of the way the rest of the, game.
5: the entire game did you wow. really
3: yes i did so so i
5: I go over and i look over my kids so i walk over to my kids like dad we came here to watch you play i said babe it's very apparent that i'm 50 years old <laughs> <laughs> i turned to the guys guys I know you need me but I'm 50 years old <laughs> they were like you 50 oh come on over here you're not oh yeah I'm 50 so you yeah, don't I'm look old. so
4: you don't look 50 though man yeah, I don't think yeah. you look
5: 50. I told us I said, I, I start in fact I went up to... I went up to Kobe Dean he said you 50 I said team yeah yeah because we're forever as a team yeah I am I'm 50 years old he said I said I got drafted in 95. he said man I was just a twinkle in my pop's eye I wasn't born till 2000
4: Wow. Take, take, soak soak that in for a minute. Uh, Somebody, somebody born in the year 2000 is only 21, 22 years old right now. In the year 2000, the year 2000 was almost. It was 22 years ago.
5: Think about that. I was, I was, I was still, I was when he when he came into this earth. I was in my sixth year. Hmm. My sixth year. My fifth. I'm sorry. My fifth year. Going into my sixth. Where were you, Detroit, Dang. at
3: that point, or were you? Detroit, where were you? Yes. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, wow. so two two things, two things. One, I want to show you how the game ended. Then I want to circle back to something that we set up on Friday. But first, let me show you how this thing ended. So, Jalen Hurts was one of the players in the game. All right, so here we go. We saw a lot of this from the Phillies this weekend, but check out what Jalen Hurts. Oh, don't did. start it.
5: So don't start it. Yet. Let me set it up. Okay. Now we start the game off the. Um, Team Smith started the game out, and they they were crushing it. You know, six nothing real quick. Right. Then after a while, Team Michael Parsons they 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 start ramping it up. He had like a a three run homer. Um, you know, guys just really started playing, and next thing you know, they're up twelve to six. Okay. Twelve to six. Now it was one final inning left. So at the top of the um, uh, they they struck him off the top of the um. No, it's ten. It was 10-6. They score two more runs on Jalen Hurts. He's pitching. All right. We'll set it all up. Here we are. The last inning. The bottom of the of, of the last inning. Whoever wins wins is going to you know dictate it right now. So lo and behold, they go up. AJ hits a um, a base run. We get somebody on base. We get another person on base. And then um, it, it, it's 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 what three people on base. They hit a home run. That scores four. Now the score the score is uh, ten to two. Who, who, who comes up? Well, whoever comes up, they hit uh, a ground ball, ground ball, and then Avante Maddox has an in the park home run because they messed up in the outfield and they were fumbling around with it. He hits a a a, a home run, but it's it's an in play home run. Okay. So That's three more scores. Next thing you know, it's tied. Then all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts comes up to bat, and this is what he does. All right, here we
1: go. Oh
3: <laughs> Walk off home run. Dude, that is money. That is money. And he knew it as soon as he hit it, man. You see AJ Brown's reaction? Watch AJ Brown after he hits it. AJ Brown's number 11 yeah. Right there for him, man. Right there for, the for him. That is cool, man. That is cool.
5: But you so- know, Andrew, what, what made that even better is Michael Parson AJ Brown. Had a feud going on the entire time.
3: Yeah, the whole it time? went
5: it, it went past this game. It went so far as Michael Parson said, Look, this is what it's gonna be. If this if, if, if after this game, you guys are gonna lose us three to nothing.
3: I love it. We're dude. gonna
5: win this softball game. I'm gonna win the softball game. Then I'm gonna turn around and beat you twice next year. I mean this ooh, year. Ooh, so okay. they were going back, it was it was heated. Nice so Jalen comes up, he hits I mean and, and and you can hear Michael in the background. Mouthing off. He's just yakking, and yakking, and yakking, and yakking, and yakking, mm-hmm. yakking, and yakking, and yakking, and yakking. And all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts hits it. I mean,
3: it was poetic justice. Dude, that's cool, man. It's a, a sign of up. things that's to come up, this football no season. Question, no baby.
5: question. That
4: is hey, awesome. Hey, you guys see this story that's blowing up on Twitter about
3: Deshaun Jackson calling out Donovan McNabb? Yeah, he did a You've podcast. He did a Yo, podcast. Yeah, McCoys. Lashawn and Brandon Marshall, former wideout. I'm an athlete. Wow. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I'm I athlete. I am athlete. Exactly right, Barrett. So he there were t- there were two things he 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 laid out. One, Donovan wasn't happy that Deshaun Jackson made the Pro Bowl. Made the Pro Bowl at two positions, punter and wide receiver. And then Donovan charged him for a birthday party or something. Twenty five bucks. Yeah, at his house. What according happened? to Deshaun. Yes. Yes, Barrett. <laughs>
4: J- no. Deshaun Deshaun Jackson on McNabb, Go ahead. one of one of the cheapest, richest bleep bleeps you could know. Yep. He
3: make you pay for everything. I'm like, yep. what? And, and shady shady doesn't deny any of it. He, like shady doesn't have Donovan's back at all in the discussion. He's basically this is like, cr- yep, it's crazy. Yeah, yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's uh, we've we have heard similar things like this. If if you remember in 08... Uh, when the Eagles lost in the NFC Championship game in Arizona, Donovan essentially laid out the young guys. Like, we had a lot, a lot of young guys who didn't step up today or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, you probably were right there, Gunner, in the locker room. Yeah. But he did say that, and I know that pissed off uh, Deshaun and a lot of the younger dudes. I know mm-hmm. for a fact that, that pissed those guys off. So I'm not sure those two were real tight, you know, going forward after that. Let's They're only together say, for a little while longer. Yeah. Let, let's
4: just say it falls under the D gun umbrella of stories that I can never tell. <laughs> I hear you. I'm just so saying there's, there's
5: something know. more deep than that. Right. It's deeper than that.
4: Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Brooks, uh, <laughs> according to my legal representation, I am not allowed to speak on such matters.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. Uh, I don't think a lot of those younger cats were huge fans. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I don't think those guys are more big Well, I, well you,
4: you have to understand, too, McNabb's approach to the game was a little different than Shady and Deshaun Jackson's. Deshaun Jackson and Leshaun McCoy, they were more carefree type spirits. Then yes. McNabb was more of a businessman, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I'll just leave it at that, you know. So, you know, anytime – when you play the game, you know, if you play the game 10, 12 years, you start out as a this young, wide-eyed kid full of optimism. You know, you're part of that generation. Then as you get older, you become part of the business generation. So I, that, I would love to talk to a Tom Brady about going through decades of different types of players. That, now, anybody who comes into Tom Brady's locker room has to adjust to the GOAT. We know it's his locker room. But the GOAT also has to to adjust to these young guns coming in because it's like every three or four years, it's a different mindset when they come into a league. And so I would love to talk to an older player like a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, a Drew Brees, and how they had to adjust getting used to a different mindset as they matured and understood the business better, you know, because, you know, at one point they were just like those guys in a different way to a certain sure. degree. But, you know, some of these kids, like I'm still trying to get used to I'd ask my kids this. I've been hearing this word called cap a lot, you know, stop the cap, stop the cap. So I asked my kids one day, I said, what the heck does that mean? And my kids looked at each other and started laughing. The "It means that they're lying. I said, why can't you just say they're lying then? You know it, it's like but when we came up we had certain slangs that we would say and our parents would look at us like what in the bleep are you talking yeah. about yeah it's it's right. it's a generation that's all you know what yeah. i'm saying so it, you know but i would love to talk to an older player about their perspective on how mm-hmm. they had to adapt as well as players coming and had to adapt especially who are legendary players you know mm-hmm.
3: yeah no doubt no doubt i mean look it, it's you also know that Deshaun's kind of a loose cannon, Lashawn's kind of a loose cannon, you know, yeah. and McNabb takes a lot of fire from a lot of, I mean, T.O.'s still yapping after all these years, so oh there's always, always stuff going on. Let me put a bow on the uh, on the softball tournament, because we did have a little wager. <laughs> oh, yes. A little, uh-huh. little, little wager. Okay, uh-huh. and then I'm going to get into everything that we have going on today, but. What did you set the over-under? Because you, you you threw it out there first. And I know Xander, our producer, Xander Krause, jumped in too, Derek. But what did you set the over-under at for Barrett booking guests at this event? Well,
4: considering he's Barrett Brooks, everybody yes. knows Barrett Brooks. Correct. I figure it's a slam dunk. I set the over-under at two. I put a nice, modest number, not to put a lot of pressure on him. I set the over-under at two. Now, that's a feasible number. If it was D-Gun, now you know I'd have been over that number. Yeah. You both know me, right? I'd have been over that number. I said it for Mister Brooks at two, and I'll let you guys
5: take it from there. Barrett, I, how did I, we do? I must admit, oh. I so well below the mark. Oh.
3: Oh. any? Did we did we land oh. any?
5: Well, I mean, put it like this, guys. No I mean, fish. It, 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 no, it's it's not that. It was a different environment than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I was also confident, but like there were no coaches there. There were no. There were no um no PR retired players. No PR. I mean, no, that that's that was cool, but in my interaction with guys in this in this locker room, it was it was just a lot different because I was the only. I mean, I was almost like I here's a word for you. It was almost like I was the ops. So players really didn't trust me at first. Oh, I was man. the ops. They, they know what the <laughs> ops is. I had to work my way into it. And then they're all right, yeah. He wanted the guys, he's been in the locker room before. Yeah, he he's a player, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it was almost it was almost bad. It was like almost it wasn't an altercation or anything, but it was like it was almost like all right at the party the night before on Friday, where I was intermingling with guys, and guys, you know, me and Brandon Graham were chopping it up the whole time. Yeah, me and D Smith were chopping it up the whole time. I my station wanted me to take a mic in there and be mic'd up, you know what I'm saying, yeah. while I was there. And one of the players who didn't know who I was, Wilson, a linebacker, that was that he got drafted by Cleveland in the fifth round. Then what's um, he's playing with the Patriots now, starting um, outside linebacker for the Patriots now. He's like, "Oh man, what you talking about bringing a camera in, man?" You know, so he's talking to me. He don't know who the hell I am. So I, I, you know, I was like, "Yo, hey, hold on now." You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm talking to my man right here. Let me let me talk to Smith. You know, they played together. You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking to him because he knows, you know, what, what's going on. So you know I had to I had to navigate that you know look. now I will tell you this from this point on we are good if we're going to be able to get a player it will be through me that's playing right now believe that because okay. I i got tight with
3: everybody now All right so listen Gunner maybe this is just a delayed yes you yes know, we're not. We're not uh, bearing and the, meat the fruit. Goes on. Yeah. Some seeds were planted in the garden. Absolutely. We can't me, eat them right now. The tomatoes aren't ready to bloom. Got to right grow, now. man. Let, let we got to let, me, let me, them grow. Let, let,
4: let me put it like this.
3: I'm trying to help, Barrett. Uh, Appreciate it,
4: Mr. Brooks. I I get yeah. where you're coming from as an extra, as an ex NFL player. You are still a distant, but part of that fraternity. So I get you touching this with kit gloves. I get that, and I and I applaud you. For laying the groundwork for for the future, and and now it's a wait and see mode that we will drop. Bri- see, Rob and I are like steel traps. We don't re- we don't forget a lot of this stuff. So come August, <laughs> September, we will be bringing this up. Although I got a few cobwebs in the steel trap now,
3: uh, <laughs> we'll we will be lingering at that point. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, presented. we we, we yeah. will
4: bring it up. But see, from uh-huh. a journalist standpoint, as someone who's been on the journalistic side for over four decades, I'd have gone in there. I'd have been in there, you know, like recon. I've been doing recon. Yo, what's your availability this week? Stop. How can we get in touch with you? I need to yes. talk to your PR person. See, I'd have been lining up people for the week. And that's Dude, not I mean, a knock. Your approach you is not a knock, you know, because that's, I understand what you're doing. I, I get that. But I'm just saying, D-Con would have been on recon mission. Well, d
5: does they're, what D-Con does, huh? Well, that's right. That's How right. many
4: times people got to tell you that?
3: Even former bosses <laughs> tell you that. D-Con <laughs> do what D-Con got to do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? All right, so we'll. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give Barrett a. We're gonna put him. This is a hold. This is a holding pattern. We're yeah. With that, so it's, so be it's not a done deal. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a loss. It's let's see. We need to see it later once we get closer to football.
5: But okay. I, I will say this, guys. This is a tight, tight team. Yeah. Good. Okay. Tighter than I thought was okay.
3: Be. I like hearing that.
5: This this these guys talk amongst each other, and talk about each other like they're with each other right now.
3: Okay. That's why like they,
5: they, they were telling stories and talking about players and people inside the locker room, mm. like they're family, family, family. Mm. I mm. haven't seen a team this tight in a long time. man. this That's is a good. tight team. That's
4: good. And, and let me, and let me tell you what I hate about TV stations. When you do venue venues like this, the first thing they're thinking is, hey, put on a mic, go in there mic'd up so we can get some NAT sound. The easiest way to alienate people and to keep them at a distance is to go into a mic. I would tell people all the time, boss, I'm not doing that. I'm mm-hmm. not doing that. That's not what that format is for. Now, if you have a visible mic and you lay it off to the side, say, hey, at some point during the game, can I get you on camera? That's yeah. cool. But you're yep. walking around with a mic on, people not going to say anything around you. How do you expect them to be themselves? And you got a mic and they see a mic somewhere hidden. And if you don't tell them you have that mic and they find out from somebody else that they were mic'd up, that they were called on camera, who, well, who's this Barry Brooks dude? I want to make sure I stay away from this dude. Yeah. You don't do that.
5: TV yep. stations never understand this stuff, man. The ops. They, that's why they was, you know, I didn't want to be the ops, bro. My yes. kids taught me about the ops, man. I'm, I'm not the ops. Yes. Yeah, that, that's fair
4: enough. You're not five zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, technically
5: you are 5-0, but you know what I mean.
4: So. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So A little
3: undercover. I hear you. Um, all right, so here's what we have today, guys. Coming up at 1 o'clock, John McMullen from Birds 365 and, and, of course, jacobsports.com. You can always go to jacobsports.com, our new website, and I, I encourage everybody to do it because all of his observations from OTAs, all kinds of different Eagles content is on there. You can link up to any of our shows. You can also link up to all of our interviews that we did, including Howie Roseman, including Andy Reid, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all there. I was all over it this weekend and, and today. Anyway, John's going to join us at 1 o'clock from OTAs, and we'll get the latest. John's written a lot of different things that I that I want to dive into with him about. That'll be at 1. David Murphy, who's a columnist from the Philadelphia Inquirer, is going to join us at 2. We'll jump around with David about a bunch of different stuff. Guys, what a weekend. Phillies sweep out the Angels in – about so as dramatic a fashion. I'm so happy for Rob. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Four in a row, by the way, Gunner. Four in a row. Look, yes. look, he's smiling again. Look at him. He's smiling. I'm kind of glowing. Again. I'm like a pregnant woman. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Four in a row. And you guys have to admit that was wild yesterday. Man. Oh, that was a crazy game. Unbelievable. Crazy.
5: Oh, I can't believe I, I didn't know what team I was. I, I kind of flipped back and forth. Like, is this the old school? Cardinals teams I used to watch, or is
3: this yeah. this is Philly? Yeah, yeah this is man. Philly. I was downstairs, so I'm in the I'm in the living room, and my wife's doing something upstairs. My daughters in, had just got home from work. She was in her room, and she's doing something. When Harper hit that shot, man, I must have been like making some kind of bizarre noises. They're like they they walk to like the edge of the steps, like you're all right. I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm screaming. I'm going nuts when Harper hits the salami, and then and then when uh, Stott Stop. hits the walk off, My God, man. It was The Vegas connection. The Vegas boys. Exactly right. Yeah. A great call by our guy T-Mac, too. Tom McCarthy was on. It's got Fransky on for WIP. But so we'll dive into the Phillies at 1230. J-Mac at at 1 o'clock. David Murphy at 2 o'clock. David, the great thing about him is we'll jump around. We'll go Eagles. We'll go Phillies. We'll go Sixers. You know, all that. We got to get into game two of the NBA championship last night. Oh, I, I'm, I sent out a search party for Al Horford and and Marcus Smart and a couple oh, other guys. Didn't find them. I, I, I'm still looking. They're still out on the street somewhere trying to trying to round Dude, them up.
4: Wait, Three man. of their five starters scored a combined six points.
3: Dude, I mean, Are you come kidding me? On, come on! And, and wow, I, you know, and I'm I'm watching. I don't know why I do it to myself, but I'm watching uh, ABC's post game show, and Wilbon was trying to give all the credit to the defense by the Warriors, and the Warriors did play good defense. But come on, man. You talking about some big time players there that just straight just up, up yeah. show up at all week. Really I'm gonna tell
4: you, weak. when we get when when we get into the NBA talk. I'm gonna tell you when the game when I knew the game was over. I'm gonna tell you exactly when okay. I knew right. the game was over. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll dive into that. You know that's coming up a little bit later. Uh, we have a very special anniversary of something that happened this day, 21 years ago. It's it's an iconic moment in Philadelphia sports. So D Gun
4: we- met Rob Ellis. That that's it?
3: that was 25 years ago. It's been 20.
4: Oh, to be 25 years in uh, September. Correct.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's
4: when it'll we first 25. started. That's
3: a, that's when the journey started. Yes, uh, that long ago. And has been we will get that. ever since. There's something else. There's um. There's some movement in Utah that I've been telling you guys about. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It's taken like a little bit of a different layer which maybe might impact the Sixers. So we'll get into that too. Well, like I said, we got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, we got John McMullen from ETAs. He's down at the Novacare Complex. we got David Murphy coming up uh, a little bit later in the show. But when we come back, we are going to dive a little bit deeper into that Phillies win yesterday, which was insane. We will do that when we get back. Eagles at 1 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network, Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn. Rob Ellis, all right, I'm kind of hungry, man. I don't know about you. It's lunchtime. I'd go for a little grub, and I got the best place that you could go. Station Tap Catering in Drexel Hill, they will handle your next business function with ease while you focus on securing a new opportunity for your company. They got 50 years of experience in food preparation. Station Tap Catering will impress, and your guests will be impressed. Station Tap Catering, they provide delicious foods. Trust me, I've had their foods. I've had catering to my house. I've had them bring uh, meals to my house. You don't feel like cooking that night. Or let's face it, you can have a graduation coming up. You got anything happening. A lot of stuff goes goes on this time of year. They're there for you. You don't feel like cooking. You don't feel like going through that hassle. They'll bring it over. They will deliver it and take care of it. And the wings and the pasta and the fries and the salads are just out of this world good. They have unbelievable wraps too. Uh, Tacos, anything that you need, they'll provide it. And, you know, like I said, you got corporate functions, you got uh, tailgates, they can they can take care of it. Give them a call, 484-469-3222, 484-469-3222, or go to StationTapCatering.com. That's StationTapCatering.com.
8: of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
9: at stateside vodka every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free you're telling me that bottle is cut in half you could say that
10: Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Alright, did you
7: know it was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to writer, go to look, thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, oh, mama! He did it. Again?
0: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
2: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
3: What up? Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Take. It's Jacob Sports YouTube Network. The Gun, B. Brooks, R. Ellis with you on this Monday, providing three hours of power for you that's why we're here appreciate oh keep america great go fishing no yeah, people people are, keep, people keep they, asking
4: what's on d gun shirt I think they're wondering. people know yeah, yeah yeah i got you no i got bad. you no
3: I, I think you too the barrett show yours is sweet too i like your i like your shirt too you guys have the killer shirts on today see i like I, I, I go i know you guys are gonna think i'm nuts in it because it's like 80 degree whatever it is today it's a beautiful day in in, in philadelphia Delaware valley uh once again gorgeous weekend too by uh, fyi um but my my where my office is set up to do the show in my basement is like a meat locker it is freezing now it's great in the summer you come down here you just chill yeah. and kind of it's awesome okay don't get me wrong but when you're just sitting for 3 hours yep. <laughs> you're freezing man well, so yeah, that's man. why i always have like the fleece on or something you know the little pullover just to kind of get me through, so it's it's cold as hell. In case anybody's one, not that anybody cares, I'm just filling everybody in. That's why you guys have. That's what we up. do,
4: Rob. That's what do We do,
3: baby. We tell it all, yes. And uh, so anyway, all right. So I got I had to hit you guys with this because look, you know how torturous it's been watching the Phillies this really this season. It's been every. it will give you occasional glimpse, and then it's just pain. And they've had some dreadful losses, some the kind of losses that you you kind of like. What just happened here? However, they finally pulled the trigger. It was about an hour and a half before our show actually began on Friday morning. Uh, They made the move, and Joe Girardi was out, and Rob Thompson, who was a bench coach, takes over for him. The ironic part is they actually won the game Thursday – or Wednesday, excuse me, if you remember. Then they had the off day Thursday. Angels limped in here. Don't get me wrong. The Angels are playing worse than anybody in baseball. But they beat up a team that they should beat up, okay? And they sweep them out. And we saw some pretty wild games here. I mean, you know, the, the recipe was there um, in the first two games where they got really good offense and, and good enough pitching. But yesterday's game was crazy. They were down big early. They five fight nothing, back. Yeah, bright yeah, f- yeah, Gunner. Five-nothing early in this game. And, and Gibson, who had been good for them all year, they get down early. They're also down 6-2 going into the bottom of the eighth. And a lot of things had to conspire. But Bryce Harper comes to the plate and – you know, two outs, Three, bases two loaded, three-two pitch. Yeah. The ball I think is still going right now, was destroyed into the second deck. And I he was I love emotion. Like I sometimes you see guys who are just trying to show the other team up. And sometimes guys are just generally pumped, you know, for their team and, and the situation. That was raw emotion from Harper yesterday after he hit that ball that you don't always see from baseball players some these days. Sometimes they're robotic. And he was going bananas and it was pretty cool man it was pretty cool
4: well considering considering that the only thing i was concerned with is how harper pumped when he pumped when he dropped his bat and pumped his yes. fist before he said
3: he does it with the arm. right yes the wrong arm I'm yes thinking,
4: oh no man. yes come on, oh my man. god
3: gunner you're exactly he's doing it with his right arm which is the bad elbow yes. i'm with you
4: i'm with you i'm like come on man but you know i'm sitting there and i see him i see him launch it and I, first thing I do, because, you know, I'm a sports fan, like all of us. Yeah. First thing he goes, oh, he, he, as soon as I left the bet, you just knew, uh-huh. you know, and, 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 and I'm sure part of it was after all the bad spells they've gone through this season, that was kind of like finally letting that emotion out, that pent up frustration out of finally something's going our way consistently, mm. which hasn't happened in a long time this season, man. And the crowd goes nuts. You know, and and I'll tell you, man, that just set the stage for what's to come. Because when the Angels retook the lead, I'm thinking, Rob's guy, Evil Knievel, did it again.
3: Uh, yeah, I've had enough of him closing. By the way,
4: yeah, I've but. had. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I've had enough of your guy Hoskins playing first base too. I'm The field that grounder or knock it, down. Knock, At it least down. knock
3: it down. Come on. I mean,
4: man. that was a matador. I mean, and I'm watching, I said, well, wait a minute. Maybe the, ball, maybe the ball took a funny hop or something, right? Yeah. And I'm watching the replay from different angles. He should have scooped that. No. That one he should have scooped. He's laying
3: off to the side and the ball goes this way. A I'm thinking, he's a bad I'm like, fielder. He's a come on, man. man. Come on, I man. I know. You better be a great hitter to make up for how bad he is in the field. And he's not. He's, he's not way too hitter. inconsistent. No, yeah. he's not. He's not. You But but here's the difference, Barrett. Barrett, you're, you're muted, but Here's the difference, Barrett, in yesterday versus – you remember the game in Atlanta when Harper hits the home run? Right, right, right. They found a way to scrap and claw back in the bottom of the ninth, and it all ends with Stott hitting the home run again. Two outs, right well, there. He, yeah,
5: I, I, Joe would have went back to his to, the, to to an older player. You know, what I'm saying he wouldn't have let yep. Stott even be in that type of position. Yep. You know, he. You know, Thompson's letting these young guys. You know, if you're if you're ready to play, he's mm. letting them play. And I think that's the difference, man. Sometimes you need that young infusion. Of, I mean, how are they how else are they going to get good? How's they gonna learn how to play if you don't play them? I mean, remember how long it took for you know for 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 uh, the 07 team to gel together, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They needed to play together 06, 07, 08, yeah. in order for them to be good, and they didn't. They it I mean, I think they kind of waited too long to allow these young guys to play. You know, I understand Moniac, you know, he's he's you know, he was hurt during mm-hmm. the time, but this is what you want. This is why you have a farm league, you bring guys up. And let them play. Maybe they have to play through bumps and bruises. When you're playing with older players that have given you nothing, why not just go with the young guys who at least they can, sh- you know, they show you who they are. Right you know, on. That's
3: the difference. Barrett, to your point, after Stott hits the home run, one of the things that Bryce Harper had to first of all, they're they're buddies, so he loves right, it. Right, right, you know, right. But but one of the things he had to say in in the clubhouse afterwards was. I love the fact that the young guys are stepping up. We need yeah. these young guys. Yep. I don't, Harper doesn't say things just as, like there's a there's something behind that. There's right. a, and It's he's always not trying calculated. To, it, calculate. Yeah, and he's not trying to dig at Girardi. He's just saying, I'm right. glad now we have someone who recognizes that we need to play the young guys. Like To me, I would play Stott every day at shortstop, and I'd play Moniac every day in center field, no yep. matter what. They'd right, be playing right. every day for me. Lefties, righties, I don't care what the situation is. Find out what these guys have. I don't. I don't need to see Herrera anymore in center field. I don't. I don't, I don't need to see DD It's short. We know what that that how that ends. Okay. We know what that movie is. Give these guys a shot. And yeah, I mean, and I love that they're up in clutch situations. Barrett, how else are you going to learn, man? You don't learn unless you get out on the field. You can't. All right, you're going to get
5: right. osmosis watching those guys play. No, you right. get in there, get yes. that muscle memory, yes. understanding where you place in that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're keeping. You, it was almost like those young guys were scared to make mistakes yeah. because, all right, oh, Joe's gonna take him out. Oh man, here comes Joe, man. Joe's gonna take me out, man. Oh, right, here we go. He's gonna send me back down. Damn, it, you got to learn how to make, make your own way yep. to stay up, you know what I mean? It, make, at least he's getting it out, giving these guys an opportunity. And I, I think that's kind of the biggest reasoning behind this. Now, I was asking you earlier, is this fool's goal?
3: I don't think it, 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 here's here's why I say it's not necessarily fool's goal. I don't think they're going to win the division, Barrett. but can they right, get the right, third right. wild card? Yes, I think they get the third wild card. The reason I say that, what we saw this, yes, we saw heroics at the end of the game Sunday, but what we saw this weekend was Schwarber leading off with a home run, Schwarber leading off with a double, setting the table, setting the tone. Like this is what the doctor ordered for them. When, when Nebraski put this team together, this is exactly what he wanted. They were going to score. They were going to get decent starting pitching. And you can overcome some of the shortcomings. Like, when you're up 10-0, you're not real worried about the bullpen. You're not worried if you make an error. So, we saw that in the first two games. Now, you had to kind of wiggle your way and fight your way back yesterday. But they can – there is that formula that they can win if they could ju- – here's two things they need to do. Derek, you brought up one of the issues. Hoskins has got to field. they have to field their positions better. They're not going to be a great fielding team because they're just not talented enough to do it. But they have to be competent and make plays that are in front of them. Number one, And Moniak helps you in that. By the way, he's a far superior center fielder to, to anybody else that will roll out there. I'm talking about in the field. But that if they can get that in good starting pitching, the first two games they got great starting pitching too. Eflin and Wheeler were dealing in both of those games. Yeah, you, know, you know, yesterday Gibson wasn't great. So that's how they win, and I think they can do it. If it, it, basically this schedule after Milwaukee lightens up. It does. Like they just went through like the real crucible part of yes. the schedule. I'll just, yes. I'll, 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 run, I'll run it through you real quick well, what they have. After Milwaukee, which they're off today, but they go to Milwaukee for three. Milwaukee's a good team, but they're missing two of Milwaukee's better pitchers. Then it's Arizona who's not great. It's Miami who's not great. It's Washington who stinks. They play them five times because of makeup game. They get to, at Texas for two. That gets you almost out of June. That's what they have coming up. That's very doable. To be you know a couple games over 500 all you want to do is start chipping away and winning series that's all you want to do
4: to to better answer barrett's question is this fool's go i will respond with this ask me the same question after july 3rd and the reason being is because as rob said the, the the schedule after milwaukee gets favorable for a while you know yes arizona <clears throat> miami washington texas you got to win the majority of those games the problem right. is Miami has been their Achilles heel forever. Yep. I don't know what it is, but they cannot beat Miami. Miami plays like they're playing in a World Series whenever they play the Phillies. <laughs> true. Okay, number one. Number two, after the short two-game two, two game stop in Texas, then they have four at San Diego. And yeah. San Diego just took three out of four from Milwaukee. Yeah. Then you get Atlanta for three, and then St. Louis is right on Milwaukee's heels has been swinging the bats well lately. So you got San Diego, Atlanta, St. Louis back-to-back. So after July 3rd, ask me that question because I I feel good about where the Phillies are right now. Obviously, they're feeling good coming out of that uh, Angels series. They caught the Angels at the right time. And as Rob said, Angels are playing the worst baseball. They were leading – like a few weeks ago, they were leading the division. Now they're below five they They've lost 12 straight now.
3: Awful. Which is is unbelievable. 12 straight. Yeah, they're a disaster. And and. and Harper, uh, Trout and Otani are doing nothing. Nothing, nothing. Uh, Trout's 0 for 26. It's the longest drought of his career. In this series alone, Barrett, he was 0- 0 for 11 with four strikeouts what? against the Phillies. That never happens to him. Never. Barrett, o- Barrett, Otani's you, hitting like 240.
4: Yeah, Barrett, you hit the ball harder than Harper, and then, uh, Trout did.
3: Crazy, man. It was crazy. Man. <laughs> but you know what? All you were hoping was, you know, you're saying to yourself, these dudes can't stay this cold. Just right, one more right, day. Right. One more day. And to the Phillies pitchers' credit, I thought they did a good job with them. They, they 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 didn't make a whole lot of mistakes to those two guys, that's for sure. I'll tell you the 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 other thing that, that jumps out of you when you're, you know, with everything that's gone down with them of late. I, I think there's you know, I'm watching Harper, and we all know, and we were talking about this before when Thompson got canned, you know, or uh, when Girardi got canned, you know, how serious is this arm? There was an at bat early yesterday, and he he I think he fouled a ball, and he was kind of like I'm like here we go. But then you know he does what he did. He has been. It's very rare, guys, that you have someone sign a 13 year, 330 million dollar deal that it doesn't go sideways, that yep. it doesn't go south, and it's a mess. But he's I, 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 this is crazy to say. He's more. He's done more than I thought he was going to do, and he's more than lived up to the deal. Oh, he there's is, no question about that. Yes, everything and then some
5: with this. Yes, defense. I mean he he's, he's he stepped to the plate. He has been everything is advertised mm-hmm. since he signed.
3: Yeah, and,
5: and, and that's everything.
3: Barrett, that's rare, man. With those oh, yeah. kind of big
5: deals, I mean, I mean, ten years. I mean, he could have been a flop and still got his money, but no, he has shown more at becoming a Philly guy and 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 his performance on the field and how he delivers mm-hmm. than anybody that I've seen. with – you know, usually you get them long contracts. It's like, all right, I got my money. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 good. He has not become complacent. In fact, he's gotten better. He's gotten better.
3: Yes, 100%, 100%. So a couple other odds and ends, Derek. One of the other things I like and and about what's happening right now is, in addition to Harper, who's done it all year, Schwarber's really starting to come on. Yeah. Realmuto's starting to come on, which those two guys have been letting them down big time. Yeah. I still think there's a lot more to be gotten from Castellanos who hasn't done a whole lot for you. He's due to start getting hot. Eventually these guys were going to start to get back to the career numbers that they generally have. It wasn't there early, but eventually it's going to be there. And to, to your point with the young guys, Barrett. So Stott, right now, last five games, six for 18, two home runs, a double six runs driven in, and seven runs scored. And he plays a good shortstop for for the most part. I know he had a uh, throwing error, but for the most part, he plays a really good shortstop. So, you can start to see there's a there's an okay little blend here of younger guys and the veteran guys to go with good pitching. You know, look, they get a long way to go. Okay, but Rob Thompson's got to be feeling good. They they get on that plane headed to Milwaukee. Derek feeling a lot better about themselves than they did when they landed in Philadelphia a few days ago. I still
4: have a lot of reservations about the bullpen. And the bullpen yep. did a great job yesterday. Gibson went. three and a a third yesterday, but Mm -hmm. four bullpen guys came in and gave up only two hits and one earned run. That's a good sign, you know, but I still have a lot of reservations about that bullpen. And I don't know what they can do of anything to shore it up before the trade deadline. So it's like, it's, that's why I said to me, you know, I can't answer Barrett's question today about, is it fool's goal? Mm. Because like I said, they just played a team. They caught at the right time. I mean, just a month ago, people were talking about the Angels being a legit contender in the American League. Now, they're fighting to stay above sea level, and if they, and they're failing. In fact, they, their boat's taking on water big time. Now, they're going to go in and face a Milwaukee team. In Milwaukee, they just lost three out of four to San Diego. Matter of fact, lost the last three to San Diego. Meanwhile, the Mets keep winning. They got a, They got a four-game split with the Dodgers. Now they travel down the coast of ways and now they're going to play San Diego for three. So keeping a close eye on this series with San Diego and the Mets, um, I, I, I'm not. I, I'm I'm happy with where the Phillies are going right now. I'm just not going to be overzealous in terms of they've turned the corner yet. Yeah, I still need to see too much from this team. I want to see them now play better teams and see how they respond against better teams. Like you said, Rob. After Milwaukee, now Arizona is an interesting team because Arizona plays like a bottom bottom dweller one series, and all of a sudden they rise up and start smacking the ball around like they're a contender. The next series, luckily Arizona's coming here. Miami, Miami's going to get his team fixed. We know this, we know this without a doubt. I don't care if Miami was over for 2022, when they play the Phillies, it's like they're playing for the World Series. I don't know why. But if you watch this if you watch over the last 5 6 years. Yep. This has been going on for like 5 6 years in a row. No matter how bad Miami is, Miami is a thorn in the Philly side. Yep. So that's going to be an interesting series. Texas and eh, you know that's like if they don't win both of those games, I'm disappointed. They yep. should smoke Texas. Yep. And then you go back to San Diego, Atlanta, St. Louis back to back to back. That is a key series as well. Three three key series coming up for the Phillies after this particular series here.
3: Yeah, they look. They haven't done enough to earn any kind of trust or, right, or right, really right. deep belief. Right. They certainly haven't done it long enough, and they haven't done it enough this year where you can trust them. And you're right, Derek. There's there's two things that I really worry about. One, can they outrun this defense? Because you still have two guys in the corner outfield spots who shouldn't be there. You still have Reese Hoskins. Uh, you know that that's a major major problem. Two. They don't have a closer right now. I I don't know how much longer and I would I would pull the plug on that right now. You keep going with Corey Canable. You know right. after Harper hits that shot, you know, he he's done it twice this week. He, he in Atlanta he did it. He gave up that run and he did it yesterday again. You can't trust this guy. Okay, I but would, if if he's not your closer, who is? Who do you want? I would go oh. Sir Anthony. Sir Anthony. Uh...
5: I, I would trust sir Anthony over everybody right now because I, I mean try it. He, I mean he coming back from this injury I, I think he's been the most consistent guy that you you can you can I think you can rely on him better than anybody else right now
3: yeah i I don't look in Derek I don't know he goes in there and struggles nothing set in stone you can always right. change it up but right. I would just like to me I can't keep watching i I was really pissed off by the way at K'Nable's reaction after the Atlanta loss and he says somebody said to him, hey you had a rough uh Rough month of May. And he says, not really. Gave up a couple home runs. Like, ah, what? what? Dude. <laughs> like, I, I hate that kind of flippant answer. Like, I don't right, – if you right. want to think that way in his mind, if, like, you got to have amnesia. You guys know that. You know, you, you, you're all, you all – you got to forget the, the the bad play. Right, right I get it. Right. So I don't want him, you know, going out to the mound like my – you know. No. But, I mean, dude. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't want well. to hear, you know, it's baseball, right? Well. You just give a home – you know, you did it again yesterday. So – I would like to switch that up. They don't have a lot of great options right now. So really that's what it comes down to. I think they're going to hit their starting catch. Gibson wasn't great, but he's been pretty good this year. I think their starting pitching is good enough. I don't know if the bullpen and the, uh, and the defense are going to be able to hold up, but you know, I I was also encouraged by Rob Thompson. I think I mentioned this to you guys on Friday, but if I didn't, one other thing that he said that I liked, he was asked, remember Girardi had the, I can't use guys three days in a row out of the bullpen. Right. 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 He said, "Nah, I'm taking this game by game. You know, basically what he was saying is, I don't yeah. have the, I'm not married to analytics here. Like, right. I'm going to let my eyeballs, you know, do the talking here and, and and see what I what I think. Because Barrett, you know this. You can sit there and plan for September all you want. If you don't take care of business now, September doesn't matter.
5: Exactly. I mean, if you if you lose enough now, then it's all for not. You know, you you saved a guy for nothing. Right. You know, and, and you're not going to the postseason. And there lies problem. But." I'm, I'm, I'm just in looking at their, their relievers. I mean, I, Brad hand,
3: he wasn't that bad at, until we got him. Why, why is that? No, he's okay. Barrett. Like he's okay. If there's two guys I would feel okay about giving the ball in big situations right now, it's hand and Sir Anthony, but there's not many others. There's not many others. I just, I, 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 like I, just Nick Nelson, I know I, like Nick Nelson and you know, Ballada
4: and, I, I just hope the i hope the front office allows thompson to put his own niche on this team now if he's a lame duck manager for the year then at least let him go down in a blaze of glory right you know what i'm saying well, don't one. don't don't micromanage him from a you know what i'm saying you know our, wa- our analytics show the heck with analytics yeah. look your analytics didn't work all of a sudden i got you on a three game I, i've won three in a row for you Doing yeah. it my way. Let me let me just roll, man. If you guys are gonna get somebody else after the season, let me and help my own resume. Yep. To maybe get something better for me down the road somewhere. No, you know?
3: right, Gunner, right on. And he you go ahead, go ahead. You want to finish your point? No, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I was just gonna I concur with you. I mean, I wonder if Girardi right now is saying, damn, I kind of wish I did it my way more. Like I don't know, I can't figure out how much was that was Girardi just was that his mindset. Then I'm going by the binder, man. This is what my notes say in this situation, and this is what I'm doing. How much of it was that versus the front office influence of telling him, hey, dude, don't throw this guy today. You can't use this. You can't do that. We can't do this. We can't do that. I don't know. But if I'm Girardi, if I still wanted to be in this thing, and maybe he just wanted out, maybe he had enough. I don't know. I, well, I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself, man, if I was listening to too much of that stuff.
5: Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to yeah. tell you the truth. It's, it's, it's totally dip- different with Thompson because um, – Either way it goes, you know whether he's a guy, he's not going to be the guy. At this point, he's on, he's on, he's on borrowed time, anyways. Yep. So why not go out there and take advantage and do what you want to do, as opposed to what Girardi had. Girardi, he was, he, he started off in there, he wasn't their guy. They gave him the reins, so he tried to make it their team instead of doing it the way he wanted to do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's the that's the biggest difference. Trump's is like, hey man, I'm going guns blazing.
3: You yeah, know what
5: I'm I, I hope had, so,
3: you know and It's the right approach. You got nothing to lose, dude. You're 58 years old. You've a life, you've got a lifer, a lifer and, and this is the first time you're getting your shot. Do it your way, man. Yeah. And guess what? If you go back to being a bench coach, okay. So what? You, yeah, okay. But if you do it your way and succeed, I mean, how how gratifying would that be if you're if you're this guy?
4: Like Frank Sinatra said, "I did it my way."
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I, am, I don't blame him one bit. You know you know, let this man roll so far through three games as a manager it's worked Yep. until further notice, let this man roll. You know, we forget the analytics. I don't want to even look at analytics books. If Thompson's doing this by field game to game, let him roll. man let him do it his way. You, you, you want an analytics manager after the season, fine, go out and find that guy. But if Thompson continues to have success like this, why would you interfere with this? Why? Don't micromanage this dude, man. Let's see what happens from here. You just yeah. don't know. Yeah. Obviously, a change in the, changing of the guard has brought about a changing of the enthusiasm and the energy in that clubhouse. When you look at the way they just outscored the Angels 26-9 to nine, and the dramatic come from behind fashion, not once but twice, they did in that game yesterday. I don't know if they would have done that under Girardi. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I'm not here knocking Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi has had a lot of success in Major League Baseball. He won a World Series as a manager. You know, I think Joe Girardi is a good manager. But for whatever reason, his style did not work this year. Now, before this year, I think we all agree he was devoid of talent in a lot of areas on his team. Well, they gave him plenty of talent, except for the suspect bullpen. But they gave him plenty of big boppers in the lineup. And it was going bad, okay? So let this man, let Rob Thompson go out in his blaze of glory, man. Let this man right off into the sunset like like in a western man, when a gunslinger does what he has to do and rides off into the sunset at the end of the movie. <laughs> let Rob Thompson be that, that gunslinger, man, just riding off into the sunset. If you're not gonna if you're not gonna consider him as your full your full manager full-time manager after the season, uh-huh. let that man go out in the blaze of glory.
3: Hey, I hear you. I hear you, that's for sure. All right, so coming up, we're gonna speak with John McMullen. John McMullen, of course, covers the Eagles for us dot Jacobsports.com. You can check out all of his work there. <laughs> and every morning uh, with Jody Mack on Birds 365, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. So John's going to join us next, 2 o'clock. David Murphy will be hopping on with us. We'll talk to David about everything in, you know, in the in the world of sports. We'll jump around a little bit with David. As I mentioned, a little later in the show, we get some NFL news, which keeps cropping up, which we'll, we'll get to. A couple odds and ends with the NFL. Certainly talk about the NBA Finals, some NHL, as well as the uh, the Rangers, and the Lightning. Lightning get one yesterday in that series in the East. But we'll dive into that. We'll dive into the West. we get got all kinds of stuff in store. You don't want to go anywhere. All right, so we come back. John McMullin from OTAs. He's down there with the birds today. We'll get his impressions of what he's been seeing for the last week or so. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, you guys know the challenges of you know, trying to figure out the best path for you from a financial standpoint, from a planning standpoint, from an investing standpoint, from a saving standpoint, right? I went through it for years and I finally found the right person to help me and to assist me. And that's Jim Murray from Principal Financial Group. I could tell you from my own experience that I have now gotten the guy who's gotten me on the right path for you, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, if you have a small business, and you try to figure out how to, how to set up your employees' benefits, that's another resource that Jim can help you with. For me, I wasn't really sure. I, I had left a couple of jobs. I, had, I wasn't sure what to do with my 401k. He talked to me about rolling it over into an IRA, and, and man, it was the right move. And the investments that, that, he, that he put me on to, were the right ones and they've done very well for me, even in this challenging, you know, uh, economy that we have, that's for sure. So you could be the same way. Just give them a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. Or you can email them at Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot gym at principal.com.
8: Field of Life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
9: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
10: Every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All
7: right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to writer, go to look, God, mama. mama. go oh, mama! She did it. Again,
0: you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
2: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
3: All right, Eagle time. Welcome back in everybody. Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn. Rob Ellis. We're joined by our colleague. And you can see him each and every day right here, Jacob Sports Network. Eight to ten with our guy Jody Mack. That's John McMullen, who covers the birds in addition to a show that he does with Jody for Jacobsports.com, which I love. I was all over this weekend. And today, Jay Mack, what's going on, my man? <clears throat>
11: What's going on, guys? The A-team. I'm glad man.
3: to be with the A-team. What's going on, my brother? My man, my <laughs> man. So, John, a lot to get to here, right? Because I know you spent a lot of time down there, you know, the past week or so with OTAs as they continue. Let's start with the most generic way we, we I can ask this. What's kind of jumped out at you, whether it's good, bad, and different from what you were, the access, which is limited, mind you, that you've, that you've been able to get the last week or so?
11: uh mainly the off the field stuff because they don't do much on the field to be honest this time of year and we're scaled back to seven on sevens and 50 minutes on the practice field so you can't learn a lot from that but what we did know and you know last year uh Nick Sirianni gave the play calling to Shane Steichen I think that was a little bit of an underreported thing now Shane confirmed that's going to be the way they go forward and he's going to be the offensive play caller. And then you have the 30 person, 30 think about that, guys 30 person reshuffling of the front office, 19 mm. promotions, wow, 11 outside hires, 30 different changes. And I, you know, some of that, it, 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 you know, the two assistant GMs, Alec Hallaby and John Ferrari, are essentially. Having the same job and in getting a a a bigger title, but still, it, it's it was a power vacuum and you know it was spilled a little bit more by guess who Howie Roseman, at least on the scouting side.
3: Well, John, so not everybody is familiar with these guys. I know they they maybe have heard the names, you know Ferrari and Hallak floated out there, but tell us what you know about these two and what exactly their roles are going to be for the organization or, or what they were, and maybe they're in a different title now, but exactly what are they going to be doing?
11: Well, Alex probably a little bit better known because he's the analytics guy and, you know, everybody remembers maybe butted some heads when Doug Peterson was here, the scouting staff in the analytics uh, department uh, seemed to be cleaned up a little bit more under Andy Weidel, who seemed a little bit more open-minded to the analytics part of it. Um, John Ferrari's more of the, what I would call the, the nuts and bolts guy. You, you may have heard uh, Nick Sirianni mention him a couple times. He was sort of the, the go-between uh, between football ops and the scouting staff and the league itself when it came to compliance issues and rule issues. And the the Eagles are are usually ahead of the curve when it comes to stuff like that. Um, You know, winning outside the margins is what they call it. So any little advantage they can get. And John Ferrari is really good at stuff like that. Um, But it is strange. You know, most of the league – when you talk about assistant GM, or even GM, to be honest, it's changing a little bit with uh, Andrew Berry, who was here, and Quezio, Dopa, Menson, Minnesota is a Cherry Hill native. Um, more come from the analytics or finance background. So there's a little bit of a shift, but typically still in this league, when you talk about GMs or assistant GMs, it's usually – on the scouting side it's usually from the scouting side and the eagles their top three people in this organization now are all from the football ops side Mm -hmm. not the scouting side and guys they didn't replace andy weidel they do Mm -hmm. not have a vice president of player personnel they're hoping one of these guys um whether it's Brandon Hunt who was brought in from Pittsburgh or, or, or Chuck Walls who was brought in from Cleveland sort of grows into the job might be Alan Wolking who got a promotion and was here. They're hoping they grow into that job. But right now there is no Andy Weidel in this team scouting state. Wow.
4: Well, you know what, John, a lot of times moves are made like this after a draft, um, gives teams leeways to to thoroughly scour the countryside to find what they hope will be that right guy. Um, I don't think it has, you know, a high impact right now on the Eagles not having an Andy Weidel in the organization. But usually by the regular season, guys like to hit the ground running because that's when they start scouting for next year as well. But how surprised did you <clears> – <throat> we, we, we're, we're accustomed to seeing changes made in front offices year in, year out. But to this degree, I mean, this could really upset the Apple part in terms of what the Eagles have done over the last terms year of continuity and fluidity.
11: Yeah, I mean I go back to 2016 when when Jeffrey Laurie uh, brought Howie Roseman back, not back. He was in the building, but brought him back from exile, as I call it, from the from the business and the organization and he made a big deal out of we have to hire a personnel guy and these yeah. and and they're going to have to work together and i remember when they brought in joe douglas jeffrey said something to the you know and and i'm paraphrasing but he said this is this is our biggest hire of the year that's how yeah. important yeah. this hire was so what changed from 2017 to now to where you don't feel the need Uh, to bring in somebody at the top of the scouting staff, who's clearly on the same footing as what Alec Hallaby and John Ferrari are. I don't know what's changed in that circumstance other than how we, you know, sort of believing. And we'll use Jalen Rager and JJ Ortega Whiteside as, as an example here, how he wanted Justin Jefferson and he sort of uh, deferred to the coaching staff. Uh, At least that's the claim. Um, In the case of J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, he wanted Paris Campbell, and he kind of deferred to other people in the organization. And from his mentality, it's like, okay, my name's on the pick, so I might as well pick who I want, and then at least, good or bad, um, it'll actually be, Uh, what he wants and that's what i think is going on anytime there's a vacuum people are going to seek to fill it and 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 he filled it with himself and uh that's not necessarily a bad thing i think Howie's had a great off season um i know they didn't want to uh jump people i i would think of of The people they currently have in the organization, Brandon Hunt is probably the one most ready to be a vice president of player personnel. Uh, But he'd be coming in from Pittsburgh and he'd be jumping over a guy like Alan Walking, who's been here for many years and been very loyal to the organization. So the Eagles were very cognizant of not bringing in an outside voice Uh, to immediately jump into that position and they want somebody to grow into it. We'll see who that somebody is, you know, but when Howie gets a position of power, he's generally not going to give it up.
3: John, anything to be made of the players who aren't at OTAs, they're voluntary just to be clear about that. Um, You know, I, I, some of the names I, I, I looked at some of the veteran guys, uh, Kelsey Lane, uh, Mylada Fletcher Cox, uh, Reddick, et cetera. There's no Rager there either. Anything to be made of any of that? No, I, I
11: think it's always a circumstance. Brett Toth was getting married, so I think a lot of the offensive linemen wanted to get out on Friday for that, um, and that might have explained some of that. Chandler Rager's dealing with some serious off-the-field issues, as you know, Jeff Gladney uh, yep. Tragically passed. He's very close to him. I know he had uh, services over the past couple of days. So it's generally these things where guys are in and out, and and they'll excuse them. Um, and l- last Friday was the open day for reporters. So I mean, a lot of guys probably just wanted to get out for the weekend, and um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't look at it as as players. The one guy, Pletcher. I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I put an asterisk next next to him because Bletcher typically one of those guys that talks to us all the time. He's one of the go-to guys. And since everything went down with his contract, um, he has not spoken to the media at all. So this goes back to before OTAs, they were giving us a group of players uh, once a week. Fletcher still hasn't spoken about it. And, you know, maybe he's a little bit unhappy that he had to rework his deal. Uh, we'll see. So I just put that out there. I, I, you know, I don't think you still get $14 million. So he's still re-signed with the organization. He could should be, anybody, should be thrilled to talk to anybody, John. He should be the way that he played yeah. last year. Yeah. So I, but it's, it's strange that he hasn't talked to us by this point is, hey, is all I would say.
4: Hey, John, what do you think about the way the, um, the PR staff is handling you guys from a media perspective. I mean, uh, the NFL opened up the locker room, the field, stuff like that, but they do so with certain limitations on it as well. Um, how do you feel about the access slash limited access that you guys have once again out there?
11: Yeah, it's not great. I mean, let's yeah. be honest, Eric, you'd like the locker room. I hope it's going to be open by yeah. the regular season. We'll see. Um, I'm, um, um, you know, I think training camp's a little bit easier because hopefully we'll be able to to grab guys as they're coming off the field. You don't really have to open the locker room. But once the regular season starts, um, it would be nice. And other teams have done it. But I do think the league is going to leave it up to uh, each individual organization. And I don't think the Eagles mind, let's put it that way, that We don't have access to the Mm -hmm. locker room. Uh, I don't, you know, they do the best they can in these circumstances. Um, But it's not good for anybody. And I know fans are probably, you know, they don't want to hear reporters complain. And I understand that. But it affects the information fans get as well. So I, I do think it's an important part of the game. The league understands it. We'll see how much the Eagles understand it. As far as OTAs, look, they only have six OTA practices. But, you know, we only have access. We had access on Friday. We'll have access one day this week. It'll either come tomorrow or Wednesday. I don't like that. I mean, there's no, no reason the Eagles couldn't open up each practice for 10, 15 minutes at least for the media to at least watch individual <clears throat> drills, sort of like a regular season practice. But it all is right. what it is and, and and every team is scaling back uh yep. media yep. access and it's probably not a good thing. No.
5: I um <clears throat> I, I'm 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 gonna go from the players now, you know. I mean, I'll let you guys talk all about front office and all that. No, in fact, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna tell you guys th- this Brandon Hunt is a really good friend of mine. In fact, I'm gonna get him on the show. As soon as I see him, uh uh you know, I'll probably see him on Wednesday. If he's there on Wednesday. I'll have a connect with him because I, when I was with the Steelers, he had just got there, and he All was right. just a guy. I'm talking about he was low man on the totem pole. So he worked his way up with the muscle. You know what I'm saying? Real sharp dude, really good friend of mine, man. So All I'll right. get him. But – um going to hold you to that. Oh, no question. I know he always Wait, does.
4: let me let – me re- let's see. 1.14 <laughs> p.m. Watch, <laughs> um, one Watch what I tell you. Watch All what right. I tell you. All All Watch right. what I tell you.
5: But uh, – um, right. Got it. John, I, I I was out with the guys. You know, I was in that charity basketball, I mean, uh, softball game the other day. A.J. Um,
11: Brown's a ringer, man. That's oh, a Padres draft pick. No <laughs>
5: question, man. No question. He showed it. He showed it. He, in fact, he won the home run contest. Uh, he actually dethroned, um, uh, uh, what's his name from uh, from Dallas, uh, Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. Parsons. Parsons yeah. So yeah, but um, t- you know, tell you the truth, that's the tightest group I've seen as far as a locker room. You know, just from guys being outside of a locker room that I've seen in a long time, man. It's very few and far between. Do you get guys to come and play and stuff like that when you're not getting paid? And these guys came uh, to help out. You know, Devontae Smith and the camaraderie and the closeness that you got. This is this is this is upwards right right around that 2017 team that I see the closeness. 2017 2018. Do you get that feeling or do you, do you see it when you were at practice? Because it was very evident, you know, even when I talked to guys that weren't even, uh, even the guys that the way they talk about guys who weren't even there, you could tell the closeness and how close those guys were, even at this, this baseball game, the softball game.
11: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that starts with Jalen Hurts. Uh, and absolutely. I, I do. I do think, you know, that's, maybe the strength, maybe the biggest strength of Jalen Hurts. I, I still have yet to meet the guy who doesn't like Jalen Hurts. And it it's, um, you know, he goes out of his way. I think that's the most impressive thing about Jalen is, you know, when the Eagles bring somebody in, you know, whether they draft him, whether they trade for A.J. Brown, for instance, and, and he's obviously – a little bit different because he's so close to Jalen off the field, but no matter who it is, um, first guy you text him is Jalen Hurts. He goes out of his way to get their number, to find them, to welcome them to Philadelphia. Um, He goes in the locker room this time of year, there's, there's 90 players as, as you know, Barrett. So typically, There's a former quarterback in this town that shall remain nameless. Wasn't going to go around and introduce himself to the 90th guy on this roster. Jalen Hurts will. And he tries to engage everybody and he understands, you know, his, his sort of platform on this team and who he is as the on-field leader. And he tries to uh, involve everybody. He tries to bring them in under the umbrella and for a quarterback, a lot of quarterbacks, you know, forget about, um, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Look, that guy's MVP, MVP, probably going to win another MVP. Trust me on Aaron Rodgers. He's not going out of his way to contact everybody in Green Bay. Now, when you're that good, it really doesn't matter. But I do think it's one of those outside the margins things people don't think about when you talk about chemistry, camaraderie. Um, I think it all starts with Jalen Hurts, and then you got guys on the on on the defensive side of the ball as well. I mean, D Gun knows there's not a better person in the history of the NFL than Brandon Graham when it comes to engaging people. Um, Darius Slay is an unbelievable teammate for all. Oh the, no question. Yes, you could tell the, that. Yes, the, the joking and all the stuff. I mean, he just. He wants to help the young corners, the young receivers. He's taken Devontae Smith under his wing as a cornerback to try to show him as one of the best cornerbacks in the, in the NFL how to be a great receiver in this league. So they they built up, they have leaders, and we all know about Jason Kelsey, and on and on and on. They had these leaders that that, you know, are cognizant of what it means to build a strong locker room.
3: John, one of the things you wrote about uh, the last couple days was Brandon Graham really thinks Derek Barnett is due for a good year. And you know, he's, he's been through f- <laughs> Derek. yeah. that, Derek? Derek's reaction. So he's been through five years, John. I can't even get through wow. the question. Good so teammate. Good teammate. Yeah. Good teammate. Yeah. But, uh, right. No. And Brandon's a great teammate, but yeah. I mean, you talk about a guy who's had 21 and a half sacks in, in, in whatever it's been five years since they drafted him prior to 17. Other than Brandon's the greatest guy in the world, which you all agree with, why should any of us believe that this is going to be the year for him?
11: Well, I, you know, look, I, I don't even see where where there's going to be playing time to where it can be the year for him. But here's how I described Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett's all about expectations as the former 14th overall pick in the draft, right? <clears throat> he's he if if he were a third round pick and he was the fourth rotational end, you'd say that's pretty stinking good. But he's not. He's always gonna have that pedigree uh, around his neck, right? He's the number 14th overall pick. He broke all of Reggie White's sack records at Tennessee, yada yada yada. Lane Johnson said he's got the best bend he's seen since Von Miller. All this stuff over the years, over the, and people were expecting this great pass rusher. And Reggie White's sack record. Yep. Yeah. All all of Reggie's sack records at Tennessee, but never developed into it. So I think that's what everyone says. And when you snicker and say, and I don't blame you, when you snicker and say, all right, Derek Barnett's not this, you're right. But as a fourth defensive end, I'd like to see the, the team in the NFL that is a better fourth defensive end than Derek Barnett. I really would.
4: John, the reason I snickers is because when Rob was asking you the question, the first thing that came to mind is, until I see him have more sacks than penalties, I'm sorry. I, I can't get on board with Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett has a lot of talent. I equate Barnett. To similar to Brandon Graham's situation. Brandon Graham yeah, struggled very early, very struggled in his career, had the injury bug, didn't live up to being a high first round draft pick. And then all of a sudden the light switch went on the Eagles. The Eagles stood their ground. They heard the criticism. They, 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 they deflected all the bullets towards Brandon Graham and lo and behold. Now Brandon Graham can write his own ticket in the city of Philadelphia based off of one play, one play. He, he strips the evil empire now, all of a sudden, Brandon Graham is a national treasure in the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm hoping and praying that Derek Barnett. Now, the Eagles re-upped him for, what, two more years. And people are already like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Why would you do this? So I'm going to defer to the Eagles in this regard. <clears throat> we tried to get Brandon Graham out of town early in his career. Lo and behold, now he's the pie Piper of Philadelphia. I don't know if Derek Barnett will ever elevate his status to that. I'm just hoping, as I said in my initial statement, that we can see Derek Barnett play a season where
11: he has more sacks than penalties. That's all I want. Um, to. Well, we'll see if it happens. But I, I will mm-hmm. say this: when you say two, the, the contract is really one year for five and right. a half million, and and right. the Eagles can get out of it. So, right. um, you know, it's nice depth. So you hope Hassan Reddick stays healthy, Josh Sweat stays healthy, uh, Brandon stays healthy. And then, you know, if Derek Barnett ends up being that fourth pass rusher, he's not going to get the opportunity. You know, he Mm -hmm. might have three sacks and two penalties. Hopefully he can reach your threshold, D-Gun. But (laughs) he's not going to have the opportunity to to put together big numbers because he's not going to be playing that much. Now, if if somebody gets hurt and you need them, that's when it really comes into play, and people are going to be really focused on Derek Barnett. Um, Depends where it is. Look, if he's your starting defensive end, starting right defensive end, you're probably not good enough. If he's your fourth rotational end, that's that's really good depth. So it depends, as always, defaulting to the fact that he was a first-round pick, it's always going to be a disappointment.
3: All right, well, let me that, give you two – let me throw this out there, Barrett, two things before you ask your question. So, one, the Eagles will have one open practice this year. It's Sunday, August 7th at 7 p.m. Lincoln Financial Field. Tickets are 10 bucks. Parking is free. So there's only one this year. Uh, training camp starts on July 26th, just an FYI. Barrett, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, when, when, you, when you say he's not going to play a
5: lot this year as far as reps – are you saying that because of schematically, or as far as um, he's he's the fourth guy on the totem pole?
11: He said, "Bet he's the fourth guy <clears throat> on the totem pole." So you know, there's just a limited number of reps that's going to be available. If guys, stay healthy. You know, I'm trying to figure out. Look, what do you do in the NASCAR package? So the the, the so-called pass rushing package, if you're Jonathan Gannon, and it's third and thirteen. All right, I'm going to have Reddick on the field. I'm going to have Sweat on the field. Then it comes down, do you want to kick Brandon Graham inside? Do you want Fletcher out there? Do you want Javon out there? That's five guys right there, and you only need four in that particular package. So there's pretty good depth on, on the offensive and defensive lines of this team, and that's typically been the strength of the Eagles. It's the strength, again, at least on paper
5: and when you go with a, a a 50 front you know when you have um both guards covered and, and the center covered then you might have a defensive end on the outside and then you have uh redick on the outside it's still he's an odd man out for two deep then because you know you got to have a linebacker rush in on one side and then you might have a big um defensive end on the other side and there again you have sweat instead of him or you yeah. know i mean so it's just
11: and that's where Big Jordan comes into it because exactly you know, now he's the nose. That, yeah. when they use that fifty front, it's going to be Jordan Davis playing zero yeah. or one, and you know then they're going to have what what Gannon calls overhang players, and that's going yep. to be Reddick and Sweat. Um, and then you know both Jay Johnson Bons, kids, yeah, J bond's going to probably play three technique and maybe Fletcher
3: four I or five. That's pretty stinking good
1: yes (laughs) exactly there's a lot
3: of depth there that's for sure john let me ask you how i I understand it's not the real deal and pads and all that and tackling down to the the ground and all that but how how has hertz looked how are his connections with his receivers from what you've seen
11: well one day 50 minutes but he was really uh sharp uh seven on sevens now if you know Sam Bradford would have a gold jacket if seven on sevens matter. <laughs> so, you know, they're designed to, uh, they're designed for the offense and the right. passing game to succeed. But Jalen looked really sharp. And, you know, we talked about chemistry and him and AJ are, are so close off the field, but the chemistry with Devonte Smith was better on mm-hmm. the field. Uh, and he was the one who was getting deep and getting the deep balls and, yeah it looked good and and we'll see if it it's consistent and and because look this team wants to throw the ball you don't bring in A.J. Brown for a hundred million dollars and say hey we're going to be a run first team again they want to utilize A.J. Brown Devontae Smith Dallas Goddard and it's going to be very similar to last season in the fact that they were very pass heavy and unsuccessfully so Early before they shifted gears, they want to be pass heavy and they want to utilize all these receivers. And it's up to Jalen Hurts, and we're going to see. We're going to see where he is.
5: And talking to those guys, I was talking to um, uh, Dallas Goddard, man, on the offensive side of the ball. Just, just how things are going to open up for him. And I think they truly realize how special they can be. But the thing, the thing between. Them looking at at them being uh uh what do you call it? the the greatest or what what was that they called show on uh, turf
11: greatest show on turf
5: show on turf or whatever you want to call it um they say they, they're ready they're, they're ready to put the work in they're putting the work in they're they're doing everything they need to do and that kind of caught me you know they said they were ready to work that's how they let that's how they started the conversation man I'm I'm just ready to work man I mean, we could be pretty good but we are gonna put this work in well I, I gotta project.
11: say and they do work hard but. Most of the work they're doing, Barrett, is in the stinking classroom because right. they're never on the right. field. Right.
3: Um, Does that concern you, John, the, the, the lack of you know camps also? They didn't have a lot of injuries last year, but the, the camp is not as arduous as it maybe has been in the past. The OTAs well, are less than they even have to do.
11: Well, I'll say this, Rob. There's two teams who don't have a mandatory minicamp, the Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals at least have a reason. They're coming off the longest season in NFL history, right? They went to the Super Bowl. First seventeen game season. Um, I'm 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 more of an old school guy, but I realize things change. It's never going to be like the way it was, like when Barrett had to practice and and, and two a days and all that kind of stuff. So the Eagles have been um, ahead of the curve for the most part. I do think that's one of the positives of having a younger coach who's open minded to this mm. stuff because. You know, some of these old school coaches go, well, I want to practice. I want to be at, well, you're not allowed to, but the CBA, but the Eagles are taking it to an extreme. They're not utilizing the time they do have on the field, at least, because you could have 13 off season practices. They're at six guys. Six. Yeah. yeah. Um. I don't know. Is it going to hurt the veteran guys? No. It's not going to hurt the better. It's not going to hit hurt the Kelsey's and the Graham's of the world. Who cares? But when it comes to like 45 through 90 on the roster and you're trying to develop these younger players, I don't see how it helps them. I will say that.
4: So, so John, who's your odds on favorite to emerge as the number two tight end behind Goddard as we sit here today?
11: Um, if I had to bet, I'd bet on Grant Calcaterra, uh, mm. the rookie six-round pick. And I, I think it'll be sort of Jack Stoll will be the blocker and, and Grant will be more the receiver. You know, Tyree Jackson was on the field. It was interesting. I, I got to see him, but he had a big, big brace on his right leg. And mm. he tore his ACL in week 18. So that's a nine-month injury, which would be right around September. Um, so we're not going to see him for a while.
5: How dare you not say jJ I dare
11: you. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Come on, John.
11: Come on, John. You better than <laughs> Yeah. He, he did gain some weight. I think the Eagles listed him at 237. But that's a tough transition to make. Um, that is a concern because, you know, Dallas Goddard's great. We all know he's an emerging star. But they don't have much behind Dallas Goddard at yeah. tight end. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. That's fair. I, I want to hit last one. I want to hit you with John. You touched on it early, the Steichen thing, and you know it wasn't like it was new. He did take over last year, but it, you're right. It was downplayed a little bit, or just maybe not played up enough. Whatever. Um, what's your sense of that? Do you like the fact that Sirianni's taking more of the delegation role? He can, you know, look at his defense, look at his special teams, address a player or coach during a game rather than having to be locked in on every little single thing. How do you view it? Yeah, I mean, I tell Jody this all the time. I love CEO coaches.
11: I'd rather have a CEO coach than a play caller. Because to me, and I go back to Sean McVay, I say this all the time. If you go back, and Sean's obviously the flavor of not the month, the years. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's- Just got married, by the way. Yeah. Anybody who's ever had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay is going to get a head coaching interview in this league. So (laughs) people like Sean McVay if you go back to when he was a rookie coach with the Rams, um, he wouldn't even pay attention when, when the defense was on the field. He would mm-hmm. go sit down with Jared Goff. Wade Phillips would handle the defense at the time. He wouldn't even pay attention. And I'm like, he's just a glorified, you know, offensive coordinator with the title of head coach. And most of the league, to be honest, has run that way. And where you have – in essence, dueling head coaches, but one has the designation. It uh, was here this way with Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz. Doug didn't do anything with the defense. So I like CEO coaches. Now, people point to Jason Garrett. You know, he was not a good CEO coach, the, the hand clapper. I've gotten a lot of that when I say this. Um, but remember, Jerry Jones took play calling away from Jason Garrett. So he essentially, you know, uh, uh, hamstrung him himself to my knowledge. Uh, nobody took play calling away from Nick Sirianni. Mm-hmm. If somebody did, I'd have a big problem with this. The fact that he did it himself because he wants a, an overview of his entire team. I, I love, I love that thought process. But I will say the way the NFL is run, it's it's a gutsy move by Sirianni because he got this job because he was an offensive guy. He was an offensive play caller. He was brought in here to call the plays and barely through, midway through his first season, he said, you know what? I'm going to shift things around. Mm-hmm. So if things go in a negative direction, it could really hurt Nick. Um, but I, I love it. I, I think it's the right thing to do. And I, I want him involved in all aspects. If I were an owner, um I just prefer it. I just think that's the way to do it.
3: Yeah, and I, I like the fact that he's confident enough of him in himself that he's willing to give things. I, I know that sounds strange, but he he's got enough security exactly in, in the way yeah. that he in his beliefs that he's willing to give those things up. It doesn't have to be a control freak which I think, like you said, could blind you to certain things. That's where I give him a lot of props uh, in general. I thought he handled himself well in both of those capacities last year. John, good stuff, man. And, and I'm loving your work on jacobsports.com, J-A-K-I-B, jacobsports.com, our new website. And, of course, with Jody every morning, every uh, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10, Birds 365. Good stuff, John. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate oh, it, brother. Yep. You got it. Yeah, Jay Jay Mackie. Again, guys, check out the site, man. It's really, really good. There's all kinds of stories on there, Eagle stories, and you can link up to any of the shows, and all of our past stuff is there as well. You go to YouTube and, and, and get our past interviews and past shows too, but it's there as well, so good stuff. I, I think it's interesting, don't you guys? I mean, a, a head coach who's only in his second year who's a relatively young dude in general. What is he, 40 at this point? I guess they hired him when he was 39. But he doesn't have to show you – you know. Puff his chest out and show you, I, I know it all. I can do everything. No, I trust my guys that I hired and I'll let them handle it. I'll kind of worry about other stuff. I like that out of, out of Sirianni.
4: Well, it worked for Sean McVay. Uh, you know, Sean McVay was what 32 years old when he took the job with the Rams. Yeah. And what in his fourth year, he wins the Super Bowl. you know? Um, so his, that approach worked for him, you know, Sirianni, you know, especially being handcuffed with all the, the, the league guidelines in terms of how much you can practice, how long you can practice him freeing up the play calling so he could look at other aspects of his team. Um, I I like that. I like that approach. I mean, no matter what we say, we talk about the defense, we talk about the offensive line, everything comes back to this being the signature of Nick Sirianni. Everything that happens goes back to him. Offense, defense, special teams. And he, if he wants more of an overview in terms of what he's looking at to have a better perspective, to have better input, better discussions with his position coaches, then I applaud that. You know, we're going to find out if it works or not this year. I applaud the fact that he wants to see everything, a little bit of everything. You know, I think he's smart enough to realize he's not an expert on the defense. He's not an expert on special teams, but he's been around the game long enough to have some input and know what he sees and knows
5: whether or not he likes it or not. Mm -hmm. So kudos for him for taking that approach. Yeah. Plus, you know, plus we got to realize that, you know, he, he wasn't the – he didn't call plays, you know, in his – probably his NFL career since he's been in the NFL as far as being a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he was officer coordinator, but we all know who, who called the plays in Indianapolis. And then when he got there, when we got here, and he's the man, and he, you know, he understood that, he, you know, at that point, Stuykent might have had a little more experience in calling plays, being more fluid in calling plays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the offense changed – in week eight, when they said the transition kind of went over and he, you know, he basically, you know, put the offense in his hands and it went in the right direction. So why stop it? If it's not broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, I, I, I like for, I like the fact that he can look back, evaluate the situation and go with the positive situation as opposed to catching feelings about, all right, I want to be the play caller, you know, didn't let it get in front of it, uh, get on, get in his way from success.
3: Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let, let me ask you guys though. And, and I'd be curious what our, what our, um, our viewers here and our, and our comment section as well. You, you don't get to watch camp anymore. Unfortunately, like it used to be at Lehigh and Westchester yes. back in the day and way back in the day, Hershey. Yeah. For the, for the mm-hmm. fans I'm talking about, mm-hmm. even, the, even we, the media have very limited access to, it. but, they don't get to see it. Now it's cut down to one. It used to be two. Correct me if i wasn't. There may have been three when they first started doing this, but they're down to just one open practice at the link now. You know, I, I feel like you could you could throw the phone, the bone, Jesus, the, fo- the fans a little bit more of a bone than they're doing at this point. This is really limited access for the fans to get to see their team before the season starts.
5: Well, it's limited access for us to – to give an accurate assessment of who this, who this team is and what this team can do, anyways. Yeah. So this is, I mean, it's, it's – <clears throat> I guess it, it it would kind of work against them because they do so much in a small, limited uh, amount of time that you know you could probably get their whole offense and defense because
3: <laughs> and right trying to get everything
5: done. done. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know they do things so fast. I mean, fifty five minutes on the team. We didn't even have walkthroughs that lasted fifty five minutes.
3: Yeah, it's it is it's you you better be really. On point. Hey, I, I guess you're doing so much film study, you should be on point mentally, but I just don't know how physically uh, you get yourself right. I mean, it, it, we're going to see a lot again every year we do sloppiness early, early yep. on in the season. It's going to look like training camp for the first three, four weeks. Yep, man, that's for sure.
4: I, I think uh, limited access to the fl- fans comes down to them trying to have a better control of this COVID thing too, because mm-hmm. you just never know when it could pop up again. <clears throat> Even though the fans are watching from a distance, they still could come in contact with the PR staff, could transmit it to a PR staff who could transmit it to the players or coaches. You don't want to have those type of interruptions like we saw in 2020 in 2021, to the point where it affects you putting together a roster for a game week in and week out. Yeah. You know, we seem to be on top of this COVID thing now, although we keep hearing about surges across the country. We're seeing less and less people now protect themselves with masks. Everybody's going back to what like COVID never existed in terms of how we go grocery shopping, go to a movie theater, walk around and go to a mall, everyday life. You go to those places, you don't see anybody with a mask hardly anymore, except Older people, you know, who are trying to protect their immune systems. So I think this boils down to once the NFL, once COVID, this word COVID became a part of our staple in 2020, and NFL teams had to scramble in terms of limited access to media. And I've said this time and time again whenever we come out of this COVID thing, each team, each front office, each staff is going to realize we can control the flow of fans and the media getting close to our players a lot better now. Instead of it being tolerated, it's becoming accepted. It's frustrating from a media standpoint, as I asked John, because you don't get the individual one-on-one stories like you used to anymore. Every writer, and rightfully so, is always looking for an angle to a story or an exclusive story or an exclusive conversation with the player that their, their brethren don't get. Now everything it comes out, out that we see is all all the same now. It's frustrating from a media perspective, but it bodes well from an organizational standpoint.
3: Mm, interesting, interesting. All right, let's uh, let's get a timeout. Ellen, oh, by the way, guys, I I know I, I I failed to mention, I'm going with the see-through blue. There you go. So like, <laughs> there I you swear- go. It's B's no, not on yet. No, it's still the same family, but not quite the same usual cup that I use. So there yeah. we go. Same I drive go.
4: I, I drive my family nuts because I get these mug, I get these big mugs like you know, these hot cold type. I have yeah. like three or four of them sitting on my desk. Yep. My family's like we're all the hot, cold mugs. Why are they in your room? Why are they yep. sitting on your desk? A lot of times, I forget to take them down. Just keep refilling them. I hear you, know, you man. I put hear ice you. in
3: one, water in another, just
4: to keep replenishing the stock. You know. Yes, so. sir.
3: All right. So two o'clock. Uh, what twenty minutes from now? David Murphy's going to join us from the Philadelphia Inquirer. We'll talk to him. We'll hit everything with David, but we're going to keep going with the Eagles talk. There's a bunch of other stuff that we didn't get to with John from OTAs and whatnot that I want to hit you guys with. And Barrett, I, I want to. I want you to circle back for people who didn't hear the beginning of the show, just to talk about some of the camaraderie with these guys that are right. currently playing for the birds. So right, we'll get into right. that as well. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Don't go anywhere, folks. All right, I want to tell you about my good friends at Pro Action Restoration. You say something? what is Pro Action Restoration? Here's the deal. If you're a home or business owner, and you've experienced the pain and inconvenience of, say, water or fire or smoke or mold damage to your property or your house or your building or whatever, you know how difficult that can be, what a challenge that can be. And if you haven't, thank your lucky stars, but you never know when it could happen. I'm going to have you prepared if it does happen. ProAction's on call 24-7. They can help you at any time. I've gone through it. I, you know, I wasn't expecting it. We had a bad rainstorm. My parents' house, the basement got flooded. It was a finished basement. It was a mess. They got out there. They cleaned it up quickly. The crew was professional. And guess what? The price was reasonable. All right? You, every box checked. They're licensed, bonded, fully insured, serving the tri-state area for moving, more than two decades. Pro Action Restoration also will work in conjunction with your insurance company, which is huge. All right. Whether it's water, whether it's fire, whether it's smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610 623 3760. You can also email them proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com.
8: First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
9: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
10: every moment and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world never miss a moment trust the people at action news all right did you know
7: it was the mommy slam dunk champion really <laughs> yes really don't sound so surprised let's see it oh you're ready all right here we go let's hear the crowd so go to ready, go tell cafe come mama go oh, mama! she did it Again,
0: you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
7: Uh
0: huh.
2: Go for the midnight beers. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
3: What's up, everybody? Happy afternoon. Happy Monday, one and all, whatever time it is where you're listening. Great to be with you. We are Sports Take. I am Rob Ellis. He is Derek Gunn. He is Barrett Brooks. We are Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, Coming up a little bit later in the show, David Murphy's going to be joining us, and then we'll do a little jumping around in the final segment of the program like we always like to do hey by the way guys a week from tomorrow which would be the 14th of june yep we're gonna have new villanova head basketball coach kyle neptune's gonna join oh us. yeah oh yeah um, I, to talk. I haven't heard a lot from kyle since he took over for jay Wright. Wow. so uh yeah, we're going to talk to Kyle coming up uh, next week. But uh, man, a lot to get to with him. It's going to be going to be pretty cool to, to talk with him. Yeah, looking I'm
4: forward looking to forward to that one. Yep, no doubt, no doubt.
3: All right, Barry, I just want to get back because I, I know not everybody's able to to hang the entire show. So, you were talking a little bit earlier. You spent Saturday uh, up at Coca-Cola Park hanging out with the guys up in the Lehigh Valley for the celebrity charity softball game that Devontae Smith had, it was, it was team Smith against team Micah Parsons and Smith won on a walk-off uh, by Jalen hurts, which is pretty sweet. Um, but even for a guy who played as long as you play in the NFL, played in college, etc., it kind of struck you how, how tight knit this group of Eagles is. Oh, no question. You could, you could tell that they feel something special, you know, and, and that's
5: not, you know, it, they're not talking about dream team special, but <clears throat> They are so close. You can see the camaraderie. You can see the closeness on how they relate to each other, how they talk to each other. You know, there was no separation between offensive guys and defensive guys. There was no separation between wide receivers over here. um, DBs over here. You know, you could tell everybody was a group, a close knit group. I mean, they already had a relationship with Avante Maddox and Dallas Goddard. We all see that. We've been seeing those two are best friends, Mm -hmm. but even outside of that, the relationship that 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 Slay has with Avante Maddox, they're always going through things. They're talking about things. The competitive nature is there. You know, um, the way those guys get along, you can see that dynamic that I've seen once before. And I, right. and I always go back to you know the success I've had in my career, and you know the year I won the Super Bowl. You can you can feel that two or three years before that how it built up to that point. And I see that build up again, just like I saw that build up going into um, 2017. Mm. I didn't know it was going to be to the level of them winning a Super Bowl. But I saw how close they were in that locker room. And Derek, you know, you and Derek, you know, covered the team during that time period also and leading up to it. You know, the to me, the turning point, there were two turning points. One was the 62-yard or 61-yard field goal. And then they turn back around against the Giants, and then they, the next week they go—I think it was um, to LA, the Chargers—and that run play that they had, the, the yeah. sixty-yard run. La Garrett Blunt, La Garrett Blunt, kind of turned the season around because you saw both the defense and the offense come together from that point right. on. Right. And from that point on, you could see the chemistry build up. Then was well, kind of the same thing I see going on here. You know, just AJ coming into that locker room has changed. How this team thinks of who they are, you can see it, man. It's playing as day. Yeah, no, I, I, it. I,
3: that's. I, I don't think that's a little thing. Like y- y- sometimes, guys, you're around teams, and you can see. I don't know, man. These guys feel like they're going through the motions, or, or this right. Feel, it feels like work, right? It's like right. oh, we, we have to be here. Like, cover, these- cover, yeah, cover,
5: cover, um, cover, like you know the 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 our hockey team. Yeah, there like the go. Flyers, like the Flyers, like, yeah. They they're competing, they're trying to go hard, but they're still going through the motions because it's not working towards one goal. Yeah. Not to say they're individualistic, but you still don't see that tightness. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and I see the tightness in the, you know, how guys okay. tight how tight they are and how close they are, even outside the locker. We weren't even in a locker room setting, you know, you know, you know. Like their locker room, yeah. but there were others around that you could still see. Even though the, all those Alabama guys were there, and how close knit you know that you know Alabama is, mm-hmm. you could still see a separation. Even with the Alabama guys, like Jalen Waddle, all those guys are close to Jalen Waddle was there, uh, uh, Wilson, uh, you know, all those Alabama guys,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: and you could still tell the Eagles were still tighter in that bunch than even the guys they, you know, they had those Alabama ties.
3: That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Look, one of the things I didn't get to Derek, and I'd be curious where you're at with this, because I know Barrett's a big fan. Uh, we did. I, one of the things John wrote about was he thinks Zach McPherson has looked good. Uh, and Again, keep it, take it for what it's worth. I know people get crazy. Say, oh, come on. you Seven on sevens are in shorts. I get it, but I'm just going off of what we've seen so far. He said, he's looked good. He's looked smooth in his coverages. He's been on top of things. Knows the playbook well, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he's a guy we don't really talk a ton about, but I have maybe. been. Yeah, I know Barrett. I know you have. I'm for real. But I'm I'm curious how how they we think that's going to play out there. I know Barrett, you're a big fan.
4: For me, it's a, <clears throat> it's a wait and see, um, because they have such limited um, time on the practice field. And a lot of times, the offense knows what a defense is doing. A defense knows what's an, what an offense is doing. You can kind of get an advantage in terms of how you set yourself when the ball is snapped. You know, and the coach says, "Run it again." You know, you basically know what's coming at you again. Uh, Zach McPherson, to me, has a lot of potential, but it's a lot different when you're talking about controlled environment to where you're playing a guessing game every down and distance. I hope he emerges, I hope he lives up to what Barrett is saying, but I can't sit here today as we speak and say and I'm all I'm on team Zach McPherson right now. You know, like any young players, you know he has his flaws, he has things he has to work on. To what degree he has worked on these things we really won't know until he hit the ground running in September. So you know I, that's why I said I hope I hope he, I hope he's what Barrett thinks and believes that he is and can be. I'm just not at that point right now. To me, it's a sit back, observe from a from a limited distance, and we really won't be able to tell until the bullets start flying in September.
3: What is it that you uh, that jumped out at you at least last year, uh, Barrett, about, about him that made you think he could transition into being more of a uh, integral role this year? Just what he did. Um,
5: what he did in 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 the last couple games. You know, they trust him the last couple games for him going out there and playing substantial time, you know, especially at Dallas, in the last Dallas game,
1: mm-hmm.
5: even though it was a throwaway game for us, Dallas left their starters in three quarters. And McPherson was out there one-on-one against, you know, Dallas's, you know, top. Yeah, they had
3: team. the Ray game guys in there early. Right, there, so he long. was
5: out there, and it, and it didn't look like he was lost. It didn't seem like, the you know, the moment was too big for him. Mm-hmm. He was out there competing, you know, and for the most part, he was going against C.D. Lamb. Yeah. And and did a great job. You know, I thought he did a great job of, of handling that um, that duty. You know, I mean, it's C.D. Lamb's a really good player. I mean, a really good player. Fast. Uh, he's a complete wide receiver as far as, you know, um, running, catching, and running um, those routes. And he played well handling that pressure on him a lot of times one-on-one uh in a lot of situations against just cd lamb or even Amari Cooper. So I mean that to me that I think he stepped up.
1: Mm-hmm. I
5: think he stepped up. And that's when I saw I saw a glimpse. Um you know just, just like Epps too. You know, I, I know that they're very, very confident in Epps. Epps played a lot in that big nickel last year where he was that third, he was that third safety. You know, a lot of the times that it allowed um they allowed him to be that third safety inside the box as opposed to putting Harris and, you know, mm-hmm. McLeod in there, mm-hmm. you know, those two played deep. He, they stayed in cover too, but he had to be that guy to go in and, and cover the the slot receivers or tight ends and stuff like that. And to me, in the, you know, in those dime situations, he played very well.
3: Let me ask you last thing guys. And then we we'll, we'll have uh, David join us next. I, I think this is fascinating because I think I do think this is the way it's going to play out. AJ Brown said basically, Devontae Smith, in addition to being talented, is going to have a monster year because I'm going to draw all the ones. I'm going to draw double coverage. Uh-huh. I'm going to draw the ones. He should be able to explode considering the talent that he has. That just the thought of that man, and I love that AJ Brown's even saying that uh, has me uh, pretty excited about the birds for sure.
4: Well, he's telling the truth. I mean, he and rightfully so. When you look at what AJ Brown has done in three years in the NFL. He commands that kind of respect where he should draw the ones. Um, I think uh, Devontae Smith can have a big year, averaging nearly 20 yards a catch. I don't know if that will equate to a 1,000-yard receiver, as I've said on a number of occasions on this show, because this team now has the ability to spread wealth so much. I don't know if one target now, we we assume an A.J. Brown, is that 1,000-yard receiver, you know, considering what you're paying him. He's got to get his touches. But then you go to Devontae Smith. Then you go to Dallas Goddard. Then you go to a trio of backs. They like to throw the ball out of the backfield. Devontae Smith can increase his number in terms of yards per catch, but I don't know if that will get him over the 1,000-yard threshold. Last year, year he was the primary receiver because he was at number one, and he had history with Jalen Hurts. Now Jalen Hurts is not handcuffed by just relying on a so-called number one. So I I, I I do think a monster year can mean a lot of things. He could increase his touchdown catches, could increase his yards per catch, but then again, he could have less total yards in receiving as well. But if his other numbers go up, the most important number, stretching the field and putting the ball in the end zone, that's a
3: monster year. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things Slay was saying was he was blown away at what a smooth route runner he already is. He said, look, you know, you, you got it all, man. You won the Heisman. He said that when you get to this level, everybody's great. Yep. You just got to outwork them. And he yep. said so far, that's exactly what he's seen from Devont- Devontae Smith. Just, the dude just works. You know, that's another theme here. They appear to have a lot of guys who are hard workers. Yeah. yeah. Between yeah. Jalen Hurts and Devontae and, you, you know, uh, Slay, the others that we've mentioned. And I know, like – all of this comes down to you got to deliver on the field. But if you have that kind of foundation, man, in place, the guys hold each other accountable. You know, I it has the makings for some uh, – Rob. To be really optimistic, man.
5: Rob, remember what we thought was so corny from Nick Sirianni when he first got hired? Yeah, <laughs> no, the plant. The plant, the tree, and he's talking about, you know, those five well, – with the five pillars or whatever it was. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. And all these guys that he's bringing in are are, are those, those pillars, you know. I mean, yeah. Love ball, uh, work hard, um, care about each other, mm-hmm. very, very competitive. Dog we, all mentality. Those, yeah. Dog All that stuff is happening because yep. A.J. Brown, if you see this cat walking around and you didn't know it was A.J. Brown, you'd swear he'd be a linebacker. Mm. You'd swear he was a linebacker or a rush oh. in.
3: Yeah, my man is swall. My and man was,
5: is swall, And he was confident, you know, when he, even in the locker room when he was just talking it and chopping it up, we just chopping it up. And he was like, yeah, yeah, um, talking to Slay. Yeah, Slay, I'm going to have you all camp, all mm-hmm. camp. They're talking to each other. I'm going to have you all camp. We got it all camp. <clears throat> Me and you, you're talking about you getting number one. You got one now. You got a number one right now. Me and you all day. Mm. And then they, they're they talking to each other like this. And Vontae Mack just chirping right then, talking to – um. Talking to Smith, so it's a healthy, competitive atmosphere. You can tell, you know I like what I mean. Then Dallas like got to jump in. Well, who's going to guard me? Yeah, man. Who you got on me? I well, so
4: a veteran presence sets that tone for a locker yes, room. Yes. If you Absolutely. got a bunch of if you got a bunch of pred- for veterans who are telling players, "Hey, look, man, he, this is how you treat. This is how you cut corners to preserve yourself." Then you're going to start seeing the young guys doing the same thing. That's a bad vibe. No but when you got guys get out there busting the butts, when these young players see these young guys out there. I see these older guys out there going toe to toe, jaw daring you to beat me, daring you to be better than me. Then the young players fall in line. They have no choice
5: but to fall in line.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Or else well, they're
5: going to get they're going to get called out. Well, you 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 heard it. You heard it the other day. Both Rob and you going to heard it the other day. Yeah. And it was so serious when 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 Brandon Graham said, first person I'm looking for yep. is Lane Johnson." That's right. Now, these are two veteran guys, two pillars on the team mm-hmm. that everybody looks up to. And both of those guys are talking about going at each other.
3: Yeah, I love it. So that's just
5: it. I mean, that's what you want, man. That's uh, where that's where everything comes
3: from. Amen. All right. Let's yeah. step aside real quick. We got David Murphy coming up from the Inquirer. We'll hit him with Eagles. We'll hit him with Phillies, Sixers. We're gonna jump around with David. Always great talking to him. Let's get step aside real quick. Don't go anywhere. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network.
8: Field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you.
9: Seven, four, three. One, two, three. Because
8: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
9: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best Rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
10: Cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know
7: it was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, oh, She did it. Again,
0: you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
7: Uh
8: huh.
2: Go for the midnight dares, go for the game, go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
3: All right, welcome back in, everybody. <laughs> Hour number three of the program, Sports Take. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. Always love talking to our next guest because you can jump around and hit him with everything. And you can follow him on Twitter. does an amazing job for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, but you can follow him on Twitter, at by Murphy and, of course, uh, Inquirer.com. Dave, welcome to the show, man. How you been? How you making out? I'm doing great, Rob. How you doing? We're doing great, Dave. We're doing great. We were talking a lot of – we'll get to the Phillies in a second because we hit that early, but just to ride a little bit of the Eagles momentum that we, we've we just been discussing with uh, with OTAs and whatnot. Um, I don't know if we asked you the last time. What is your expectation? Kind of a generic question here, but what is your expectation for the Eagles this season? I mean, you've
6: seen the schedule. I I, I don't know how they're only in the eight, eight and a half over under win team i mean i i actually went through it and they're i think i counted 10 10 or 11 teams that um their over under is actually below eight and a half um i don't know i don't know who who nfc's corporate offices was was greasing the wheels here but (laughs) (laughs) i mean if they don't win 10 games someone should someone should be in trouble (laughs) yeah um i mean look i'm not a huge jalen hurts believer in terms of his future kind of elite potential, but I mean, go through game by game and count how many quarterbacks you would rather have, you know, head to head, um, you know, than hurts in that particular game. And and look, that was their secret last year, you know? Um, I mean, he was playing against guys who were, who were, you know, working at Wawa the week before (laughs) it was, uh, you know, I think it's going to be very much the same this year. I think, I think everyone throughout the NFC East, uh is really set up with, with non I mean, they got seven wins non-conference, I think, you know? Yeah. Mm.
4: yeah, no, that's fair. So, so Dave, let me ask you this then, because what you just said echoes the sentiments of a lot of people when it comes to a Jalen Hurts. What is your biggest concern about Jalen as you look into the immediate future?
6: I mean, look, I, here's what I think. I, I, I believe, this is kind of my quarterback theory, where I think mm-hmm. I have to get to the league with, like, a certain amount of, like, they, you always talk about the game slowing down. Yep. Like the game has to have slowed down a certain amount by the time you get to the NFL or else it's never going to be able to slow down fast enough. You're just too far behind the curve. And I saw that out of Jalen Hurts at Alabama. I think that's why he lost his job. Uh, you know he's a great player and and he's he's you know a top 15 20 quarterback probably right now. I just don't know that he has that like ability, you know that like yep. just that, the ability to, to see everything. You know, even at training camp last year. I mean, you were down there I mean, how many times would we see him in the red zone and just not see a linebacker in the second level, you mm-hmm. know, underneath the receiver? And, like, that's – it's hard. It's the hardest thing to do as a quarterback. I mean, none of these guys can do it, you know. Uh, you know, Jalen probably does it a lot better than than a lot of these guys. I mean, I would take him over Zach uh, uh, Wilson. Wilson. Wilson, I'd take him over, yeah. you know. Sam Darnold. I'd take him over Sam Darnold. I'd take him over yeah. most of these guys that have been drafted other than Trevor Lawrence and – uh you know herbert and, and a select few he, i think i'd rather have him in the fields mm-hmm. uh, you know but I, I just don't know that he's like that's what you got to be like. you got to be able to like pat your head and rub your stomach and like also you know throw a touchdown pass <laughs> yeah.
3: well that discounts all four of us i think at this point i, I struggle with you know chewing gum and walking yeah, i mean sometimes. i did. I can't even tie my shoes. Yeah. No, I'm dizzy just watching Derek go through that exercise. You know, That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, you're you're right, Dave. And, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier. You know, from an offensive perspective, to add a weapon like AJ Brown, who's proven this is not in the situation where you're saying, "Boy, I hope this guy can play." I mean, it's there for him, right? I mean, there's there with an offensive line with like he already has, and those weapons, it should be able to work for him.
6: Yeah, I mean, you got. I mean, the flip side is, look. We saw Jared Goff go to the Super Bowl. We saw uh, Jimmy Garoppolo go to a Super Bowl. We saw Joe Flacco go to the Super Bowl back in the day. Um, you know, there are situations where a guy like uh, a guy like Jalen Hurts can can end up at least playing for a Super Bowl. You know, but it's going to take an elite. It, it's almost inevitably going to take an elite defense. You know, um, and, and I think that's the big question. You know, I think they're. You know, I think Hurts is. I, I love A.J. Brown. I think he's probably a top five receiver in this league, and if he stays healthy, he might be the best, you know, within a couple of years. But, uh, you know, like I just think Hertz is going to be – he's going to kind of be like – he's going to be what he is, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know if this this offense is going to score 40 points a game. You know, I think the big question is, can this defense um, play up to a level that gives them a chance to kind of, um, you know, have Hurts – kind of almost the Randall Cunningham mode uh, back in the day, you know, mm. when, you know, just kind of win a few possessions on his own, and 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 you know, let sheer talent take over, and, and kind of hold teams, um, you know, under that twenty-one point mark, and then who knows, you know? Yeah, fair
3: enough. Well, fair enough. Do fair you, enough. Ahead, do you Jack, believe I'll in a?
6: Do you, do you believe in a um in, in the
5: coaching staff being able to get the most out of this team? You know, especially on the defensive side of ball with Gannon.
6: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think that's a huge question. I actually. Right back before the wheels fell off there in the middle of the season, I, I you know I think Yan is a good coach. Uh, I, I think they were. I mean, just look at the talent that they have this year that they've added in the offseason and just think about the fact that they didn't have it last year. You know, yeah, uh, you know, I think they were playing from 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 under under the gun, under multiple guns. You know? It was just, and they were playing. You know, they were fine against quarterbacks that weren't very good. You know, um, and they were really bad against elite quarterbacks. So there, I think there's a middle ground in there. Um, it looks like they're setting him up to be able to like, you know, play with multiple fronts and and kind of do things that aren't aren't that vanilla, you know, defense that drove people crazy last year. Um, so, you know, I I think that there's reason for optimism, but I'm not gonna, I'm not going to put my butt on the line and, and stick my name by him after last year. You know, right, but, right. <laughs>
3: uh,
6: I would say I'm caut- cautiously optimistic, you know.
3: Yeah. All right, David. Let's jump over to a team that you covered for a very long time, the Phillies, mm-hmm. and it's it was it's been an interesting four or five days here. Um, Joe Girardi is let go. Rob Thompson takes over. They had some pretty wild games over the weekend, capped off by yesterday, which was was insane. First off, did they wait too long? Uh, did, was it justified the move on from Girardi? Where do you fall on that first?
6: Uh, well, I mean, I think it's kind of two different questions. Was it justified? I- I think that it needed to be done at the end of the day. Um, I mean, they were out of options, you know, and, and, you know, I you could have made an art, you know, there clearly once Joe Girardi knew his job was on the line, that's the time for it to go. Cause you know, you just can't, I, I wrote this the other day. You just can't have that level of anxiety, you know, going through the clubhouse. I mean, Girardi's kind of, kind of comes across as an uptight guy to begin with. And, um, you know, they needed a vibe. They needed a vibe shift, I guess. And, and, but was it justified? Look, Joe Girardi. I, I don't think man. Joe Torrey was a, was not a good manager until he managed the Yankees. Charlie manager Charlie Manuel. Everyone on the fire until he won a super, won a World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, even look at uh, um, uh, the the Giants manager Bochi. Yeah, I mean, the guy's uh, you know forty games under five hundred for his career. You know, and yet the, he won three World Series and, and beat the Philly. <laughs> I mean, it's all about the talent that he have, You know, and they, uh, but at the same time, you know, energy is a thing, and you know, if you have no other options and your lineup is hitting, and your pay or your lineup is not hitting, and your your payroll's big, I guess you might as well fire the manager. You know, I don't know. Well, what I, do you I, think I kind of are what they are, and they are bound to start hitting. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think at the end of the day, it's going to turn out to be <clears throat> thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Dave, let me ask you this. You know, do you, do you see the distinction
5: between um, managing in the aspect of all right, look at these young guys starting to, you know, take the reins and start playing better. I mean, is it coincidental now gotcha. that these guys are starting to do
6: it? No, nah, So, so I I think that's a good point, and I think that's like the big argument for you know making this move. Um, you know, that's the one thing a manager, you know, it, you got to create an environment where these young guys have a chance to succeed. Um, and, and like Bryson Stott, you know, especially, uh, you know, you got to. You know, if he's uncomfortable and Joe Geordi is making things uncomfortable and, and, you know, these guys, you know, feel like they're playing for their jobs and they're not able to just go out there and, and be young and, and kind of stay in the lineup and, and try to hit. then yeah, like if that was a problem, then, then obviously I think that's the one kind of concrete benefit um, that could come from changing your manager like this. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to pitching, you know, um, and that's why I don't know that, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. These guys are going to score. They're going to start hitting at some point. You know, they're they're going to finish the season. You know, right around where they probably should runs wise. I mean, heck, they were they were they they've gotten a little unlucky too. I mean, they're run different they, they actually outscored everybody. Um, you know, when they were eight games under five hundred. Um, so I don't, I don't think the offense is going to be a problem. It's going to come down to like yeah. I mean, you're still throwing hmm. in Christopher Sanchez and. You know what? I I don't even know half these guys' names. You know, I mean, it's it's. I don't think Joe Girardi did either. I, I don't. I think they're all the same. <laughs> 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 Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. You yeah. know like,
3: what are you supposed to do? I mean,
6: you for not believe yesterday gave up a
3: run. You know what? Like what are you supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. and that's a major so- problem, Dave, because he's an established guy. You know, Nick Nelson and those guys. You know who knows? It's a crapshoot knabel was brought here to close and he's having all kinds of problems yeah, but at the same part,
6: so he, and this was my big thing like i'm always kind of the debbie downer at the beginning of the season just because everyone works himself up into a ladder and it's like four straight years now it's like what what makes you think the bullpen is everyone just says oh well the bullpen's improved is it you know like I know <laughs> cool. the guy you you know the guy has not pitched more than 20 innings since 2018 like mm-hmm. 20 appearances it, it's mm-hmm. like you know, at some point it is like these guys are what they are for a reason, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I mean obviously I think in the perfect world, Corey is your seventh inning guy. You know right. um uh, you know, they 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 need a couple of arms and then probably a couple more, you know, and, and that's that's gonna be I, I think at the end of the day, that's that's gonna be what what determines, you know, how good or bad the season ends up.
4: So they so, so Dave, you're like me then. Uh, major concern about not about this team not just being able to survive but to thrive with this bullpen in its current state.
6: Yeah, I mean the only like the only way this team was going to be a playoff team is if that bullpen w- was not a glaring liability like it has been the last year. Mm-hmm. years. And you know they, they the bar is low at least. You know I mean they 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 don't need to be dominant. You know, I don't think they can be a World Series contender unless they're dom- they have a dominant bullpen. Um, but look, you, you know, you were also they, they were hoping that Ranger Suarez would would give them 200 innings of what he gave them last year, and that that was probably always a you know a little bit of a reach. Um, and let's be honest, I mean, Eflin and I mean going should be your fifth starter. Gibson should not be on a playoff team, and and you know that's it's for all the money they spent on on. The lineup—it's just really hard when you look at these bullpens and these rotations that guys are throwing out here—to really like see a path to to, you know 95 wins for this team.
3: And and I guess the question I would ask off of that, Dave, is—and they may get you know get one of the third wild card or whatever—but we've seen a lot of the same issues. You know, this dates back to Kapler. If you want to go before that, how much does John Middleton wear of this? I I know they're still digging at it from Klentak and McPhail, et cetera, but he brought those guys in.
6: Uh yeah, I mean he's the one constant, you know. Um, and let's 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 be clear, like this goes back way before Klentak and McPhail. Uh, I mean th- I think it's 16 straight years they've had first round draft picks mm-hmm. where Aaron Nola is the only one of consequence that has has mm-hmm. done anything. You know, it's, that's that's yeah. just remarkable. You know, I mean this goes. I mean, go go and look at the Mets bullpen and look at where how those guys were acquired. And every one of them is in their, you know, not not everyone, but but probably 75% of them are in their, you know, third or fourth or fifth year with the team. And those guys, and the, those guys are drafted back in like, you know, 2014, 2015, 2012, you know, so it's, the problem is you can't have, it's very hard to, to, to make up for a, a lost decade of personnel development, you know, because those are the guys who are still, you know, they're, the, you know, they're the. You know they're the new growth, for the old growth forest that's kind of still there, and and you're not supposed to be throwing Bryson Stott and um, you know Ranger Suarez in there and expecting them to save the day every year. You know you need you need to have like a so- solid turn of, of talent, and they just they haven't had that for whatever reason. And I, and I think yeah, Middleton wears Middleton's a guy. You know it's his. his <laughs> none of them has been good. Gabe Kapler hasn't been good. I mean Charlie Manuel got fired, Ryan Sandberg got fired, Pete McCannon got fired, uh, Andy McPhail got fired, Matt Kuntzak got fired. At some point, you have to wonder, like, who maybe it's the guy doing the hiring, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Well said. Well said. All right. Let's
3: turn our sights to the Sixers here. And, you know, you're watching Boston and you're watching Golden State and you watched Miami, Milwaukee take your pick here. And it's a different brand of basketball. It's a Mm -hmm. completely different brand of basketball from what the Sixers are are doing. What's your best sense of where you think, try to get in the head of Maury here a little bit, what he's going to do? Do you think we're looking at an extension for Harden? beyond the opting in, which we all, I think, are, are in agreement he's probably going to do. And if he's going to star hunt, how is he going to pull that off? Is there a market for Harris? Do you, you, you take a run at Bradley Beal and you just don't play any defense? Like, how does this work out, do you think?
6: I don't think – I mean, I don't think that they can, they can be in a position where they can add another star and and have a functional team, you know? I mean, you take – it's going to take – you know, you're talking about. I, I guess if Bradley Beal, I mean, the, the, the one route is if you trade Ty Harris, get his contract off the books, not get anything back in return. Um, you Kind of ship him off to, the, you know, do a Al Horford thing where you know you give a first round pick to a, to a team to to take Harris's contract. Um, and then if Harden signs for you know 30 million a year instead of you know the 47 million that that he could opt in at, then all of a sudden you know they, there's a path to them being able to sign somebody just outright. Uh, now, I don't know, you know, so I, I think if, 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 you know, Bradley Beal or, or, you know, whatever, whoever else is out there free agent wise, I mean, I think that would be the one path. Otherwise, I mean, you take Tyrese Maxey and, and Tobias Harris off this team and, and put Bradley Bill on it. I mean, are, are they a better team? No, I don't, I don't think they are. I mean, no. this is look, they, they lost, they lost to the heat because a will Joel Embiid, you know, play. They, they were two and two against the Heat in the four games that that Embiid played, uh, but they lost the Heat because they had Shake Milton, Matisse Theibel, and um, Paul Reed, and mm-hmm. who else did they have? Whereas yeah. Miami had, you know, PJ Tucker and Gabe Vincent and Tyler here, Tyler Hero coming off the bench. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. who, who you know, it's just they need right now. I think you can build a team with 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 Harden and Embiid. You know, Harden being more of a Chris Paul type, Embiid kind of your your bell cow center. Mm-hmm. You can build a team with depth around that. You just got to put the right team around them, and I think that's what I think that's what the offseason needs to 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 kind of. I think that's the strategy that they need to to pursue. I mean, look at the Celtics, look at the Heat. Those those guys aren't star laden teams. You know, those are teams that have been developed and those are teams with depth and toughness and and I think that's where they need to go. Where will they go? I, I would think that's where they go, but I who knows with Maury, you know.
4: Hey Dave, uh Joel sends out this subliminal message during the uh Boston Miami series about Miami needs another star. Now then people took off with this thing. You know, you know, Joel's being Joel, you know, Twitter trolling, but he people just ran with this stuff do you think there was anything behind that tweet or do you think it was just Joel being Joel? And I'll ask you this also. Do you think Joel finishes his career as a 76er?
6: I think um, I think it was Joel being Joel. Okay. I think Joel needs to stop being Joel. <laughs> uh, you know, especially coming off a, you know, like, look, I get it. It stinks that you broke your face and you, you tore your thumb, but you also have, it also happens to you every year. You know, yeah. and at some point, you know, best ability is availability, and it, you know, if you go into the postseason every year banged up, you know, that's on you, kind of. You know, it, you might not be able to control it, but it is still, you know, you. Sh- I don't know if it's the position where he should be, you know, out there, especially when, you know, some of his teammates seemed a little uh, disappointed with his effort in the last two games of the seat of the of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the fan base is definitely soured on him a little bit with, with regards to his body language and everything now, now just is not the time for that. Uh, yeah. And I think it's kind of, it was a flashback to the more immature guy that I yeah. thought he, he had kind of put behind him, um, you know, after that town's episode a couple of years ago, but um, do I think he, do I think there's anything behind it? Yeah. You know, if I were reading into it, I don't think he's going to demand a trade. I think he knows he can't, he just signed an extension. I think he, uh, you know, he, he, he's played up the Philly thing too much for him to kind of do that right now. But, you know, I think that there was, I think think there was a little bit of a warning in it. You know, I think I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't stun me if they have a letdown, you know, this year or the Harden thing, you know, falls apart if Embiid starts to make a little noise, you know? Mm. Um, I mean the whole interplay between him and Butler is weird, you know? Um, I think that, you know, I think he needs to I think I think he needs to show a little ownership of his team. Um, I think he needs to be a little more mature. I think he needs to, you know, I've I've been a huge advocate for him. I think he's he's done great things over the last few years. I think he's really kind of taken himself a little more seriously. But, you know, it's kind of time. You know, it's time he, he's gotta he's gotta be the one to try to turn this thing around. And and it's not a good look to, to even, you know, I don't think joke um, like the way he was.
3: Mm. Dave, you question. Go ahead, You ask yours, you, 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 and I I, I got to follow up to that. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You're muted, Pat. Go ahead. The way you talk, the way you talk about it, um,
5: Harden and and B, I, I just don't think Harden wants to give anything more than that he just gave. I mean, this would have been an opportune time for him to get this office back, as far as him being somebody that fades in, in in you know during playoff ball, and and he played up to it, you know, better than you know I've seen anybody do it. He just doesn't give a damn about you know, playoff basketball. And it really showed, you know, the last uh, two fourth quarters that we saw. So, I mean, how can we say that's going to change any other than what he's been doing?
6: Well, I mean, I so I think that, look, I, I actually I actually somewhat disagree with that. I think, I actually think, I was just talking with somebody yesterday about this too, and I, I think it's weird. Uh, but I think I was more encouraged by what I saw out of Harden than, than if he had been the guy who's scoring 35 and jacking up 30 shots a game. Because to me, like, that was a big question. Like, can he coexist with Joel B? Can he take a secondary role? And he did it. And he – I was actually very impressed with his, like, basketball IQ. He struck me as a guy who who cares, who wants to win. But you know what he struck me as? He struck me as a guy who knew he could not do the things that people wanted him to do. And I think you'd rather have a guy like that than a guy who tries to do them anyway, like Russell Westbrook. Uh, you know, like, Harden is not – to, to your, I agree. Harden mm. – Harden can't uh, – I, I don't think Harden is is at a point where he can do the things that he did three years ago. I mean, we'll see. If I, I would be surprised if he doesn't come back in, in better shape. He struck me as a guy who has some pride, who, um, you know, you know, again, just reading kind of perceptively, I, you know, he struck me as a guy where I'm like, I think this guy might actually, like, care a little bit and, and might actually kind of come in and, and, and do what he needs to do. Um, but I think mentality-wise, I just – I think he, know, he at least this year, knew he was not a guy who, like it didn't know good for him to shoot more because he couldn't make them, you know, and he was better off trying to facilitate. And I just don't think they had the team around him. Um, There's nobody to facilitate to, you know, besides Embiid. And I think the you know, they need to build a team, not thinking that James Harden needs to be the guy who, you know, scores 35 in a, in a playoff game <clears throat> in a series, they need to look at James Harden as like this is our point guard, this is our Chris Paul. Um, you know, we need to build a team that takes advantage of his elite passing, his elite kind of court awareness and court IQ. Um, hopefully, you know, there are games where he can still do what he what he what he used to do, but but like this is just an elite level passer, playmaker point guard. Um, and we need to put you know, three other guys, you know, between him and indeed that really maximize that. So we got duped. Uh well look I I I don't you have know. to
5: admit we got Duke because I, didn't, I we didn't bring him in to be we didn't bring him to be Chris Paul you know we well, didn't bring him to know. be our, you know.
6: well I don't I mean on the one hand no uh, I don't know I don't know what the, I don't know what their mentality was um mm-hmm. uh, you know and we'll see like I, I don't know how much of it is is him I mean he was really good before he hurt his hamstring with the Nets you know I don't know how much of it is you know that's just an old guy being old or a guy that can actually recover from an injury. But, um, I mean, look, I'll ask you this. Do you think they are more competitive w- – would have been more competitive against the Heat with Simmons instead of – No. hard?
3: I, no. I don't. Then I don't so, think – No. You got to, no. Yeah, no.
6: I don't think you got – I think they get swept by – I think they get beat by the Raptors in six if they have Simmons. Yeah, no. yeah you're right. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so – I don't know. I don't know what more he thought he had in Harden. Look, it was like jarring to see how how uh, limited he was physically. I mean, he like. Just, I mean, look, look, we're all old. Um, yes, and, you know, I was I like got out this weekend. How old I am? <laughs> you no, know, I was like thirty-two, and I hurt my, I hurt, I hurt like a hip adductor or something playing ball, and then like from that point on, I would like get out there and like. I'd like be, you know, on a fast break and I'd try to do something that I used to be able to do. And then I just wouldn't be able to do it. And then the ball would just go somewhere. And that's what, that's what James Harden looked like. And that was yep. kind of disturbing because you know, he's, yep. he's a elite level athlete, you know, but, but like getting old, like you, you can't beat the old man, you know, like you can't beat physiology. And I think he might just be there. Like his core might be breaking down. But what, what I'm saying in terms of Chris Paul, like, Chris Paul looked like he was there too, you know, four years ago. Yeah. But he has such a good skill set. Um, I, I put this. Out, I think Harden has a skill set that he can learn to play with, and and he doesn't need to be the guy. He can still bring value to your team um, if he's not scoring 35 points a night. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I mean, the, I, when they first got him, he was billed as we got duped for sure because they definitely sold him as, as the guy who was, you know. <laughs> but whether whether the Sixers got duped, I don't know. It depends. I don't know if they really
3: believed they were getting 2019 James Harden or, or not. That's why I love talking to Dave. Good, good insights, man. L- last thing, and you, you brought up Simmons. How do you think it plays out for him? Do you think he's a net next year? <laughs> What's the rest of the career look like? I, mean, I know I'm asking you, like, crazy there's no crystal ball here stuff, but, you know, I, I actually don't think he's going to be a net next year. I think they might move him in the offseason. Well, yeah, look, before he
6: completely melted down and started wearing, like, orange is the new black, like – like <laughs> the that outfit they that like, like, yeah, usually oh yeah he was wearing the like with those like uh he was, leather like, shorts and was yeah. like always like origins is is the new black meets meets almost famous you yeah. know like, he had like those glasses on i was yeah. like what is this dude yeah doing? he
3: looked like penny lane he had yeah. penny lane's yeah. glasses yeah. on
6: yeah. yeah and it's yeah. like bro like have some self-awareness like you're not yeah. playing in this game and you're gonna like try to wear something that like makes you complete it just that to me was like the epitome of him you yeah. know uh it was just, like, like I I don't think he I, – I didn't think he had, a, a, you know, a mental problem before, you know, he he left. But I think – like, I don't know. Like, I, I think he, like, is going through some stuff, you know. And, like, he needs to – you know, he needs to – like, I, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. You know, yeah. I shouldn't talk about it. But, like, I was, like, man, this guy is, like, a guy who, like, could be, you know, folding in front of our eyes, you know. I mean, like – call it whatever you want. Like he he just like showed no desire to compete, you know? And I always thought that he was going to be a guy like Andre Iguodala, where he's, you know, he's immensely disappointing when you're paying him a max contract to be, you know, the number one primary scoring option on your team. Uh, But as soon as he ends up in a situation where he can just be a, you know, the fifth starter or the fourth starter, I think I think that's his lot in the NBA. You know, uh, I think he would have helped the Nets if he if he yep. like got on the court. And, and that, that's my whole point is like it's, mm-hmm. it was. Now I'm reevaluating it because the fact that he never got onto the court,
1: um,
6: and the fact that the Nets are clearly mm-hmm. puzzled by it, according to reports, and that the I don't know. Like I don't know what he's doing. You know, I don't know what his. Uh, I I think, you know, clearly he's a guy that that you know has you know was i don't think he he was in the fire enough coming up let I me mean, a guy played in australia against a bunch of like future gonzaga you know mm-hmm. st mary's players and he, like, <laughs> went to lsu instead of actually wanting to play college basketball he decided to take a gap year and film a documentary instead and then it's like all right well maybe, i guess the evidence is kind of there and all of us who, who ignored it, yeah, ignored it are like, All right, well, I guess he's kind of been telling us who he is the whole time. He really just, you know, he likes yeah. being a star and he likes going to Wimbledon with, with, you know, semi famous influencers <laughs> and like basketball. He'll do enough, I guess, to, to keep getting, getting paid. paid a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so to answer your question, I don't know. I would have said before this year, I'm like, Ben Simmons can still be a very productive NBA player, but. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with him and his camp and everything. I don't game? know
4: if he gets back on a basketball court That's or not. Like,
6: I'm yeah, don't,
3: a- don't, anything don't. can don't. happen as far as I'm
4: concerned. I, th- I think there's something psycho- psychological there, mm-hmm. especially after that last stint with the 76ers. Um, when people embasted him for passing the ball when he's under the basket at a crucial point in the game, mm-hmm. he has a wide-open dunk. And I think it's been all downhill since then and you know let's just face it everybody is made everybody's constructed differently so there are yeah. some people that live for the challenge of the moment and there's some people that just shy away from it and i think this kid has all the talent in the world but there's something behind closed doors that is now preventing him from playing to that level ever again and i don't even know i don't even and i don't know anything about the guy but i don't <laughs> think i don't think i would not be shocked if if at some point this year is announced ben Simmons' basketball career is oh, over i no, wouldn't be yeah, surprised me one day.
6: That, well, that's why I was laughing when Rob asked me because, like, that's what, like, I've had that thought where I'm like, man, I don't, like, like I, I, I could yeah. play, play again. You know? yeah. like, if, this whole all year has just been a time. And Gunnar, to your point, like, whatever, like, everyone's wired differently, but this is yep. part of it, you know? Like, yep. This is part of, you you know, It's this is what you get paid for, you know? Yeah. You get paid $30 million because it's stressful and, like, you got to, like, be great. And it's tough to be great. And, like, if you don't, you know, if you if you're not built for it, then. I don't know. Uh, go, yeah. you, you might have to go do something else, but like, yeah, I think it started with the he, him passing up the dunk. But like, I wasn't even like joking about the outfit thing. Like, right, right. what kind of guy like on a team full of stars in a playoff game where he's not? He's it's already a big deal that he's not playing, mm-hmm. and and. It, it, clearly a situation where anybody who has the right mentality is just going to try to blend in. as low. Well.
3: Sit at the end of the bench, he's right. He's like a third guy down from an assistant coach too.
6: <laughs> and he's there front and center wearing yeah. orange shades in a and Bahama, Bahama trunks. And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like yeah. someone, he needs someone who to like pull him by the scruff and be like, yo dude, like, yep. Your friend, no, he probably had that happen. I'm, yeah, I,
4: you got I, a I, man I, up. Some I don't
3: think he, he has gotta, that guy. Barry, you got have friends
6: willing to tell you the
3: truth. Sometimes,
4: yeah. Well, Kyrie and,
3: and 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 what's his name? They going KD are going to be yeah, like, well, right. yeah, oh, yeah. that's coming. It may not happen yet, but it'll 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 get there at some point. I, I mean, it, if you if you
4: if you think of, if you think about if you look at his 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 uh, history, this is a young man who's been loved everywhere he's gone. Mm-hmm. He's had an entourage of yes people around him everywhere exactly. he's gone. And then all of a sudden he comes to a major market like Philadelphia and negativity rains down on him. Justifiably. So he's probably never experienced anything like that. And and all of a sudden he's shut down. It's Mm -hmm. just like shattered. His aura is just shattered now to the point where I don't know if anybody out there can rebuild it
1: to be. Yeah.
6: Yeah. It's, I think it's a, it's, it's look, man, I, I, you know, as I think he did a lot of people dirty on his way out of here. So I don't know. I guess I might be lying if I said I was rooting for him. But before he like, he kind of punked Doc, you know. I mean, this guy stands Mm -hmm. up for you. Takes takes you know bullet after bullet for you. Dave, you
3: asked the question. Yeah, really supposedly set him off.
6: Right, but but that was all. And then like, just the rotating excuses. Like it's you know he doesn't think it's gonna work with the knee. You know it's it's Doc's comment. It's this. It's that. It's you know you know whatever. Yeah, it's just like dude. Like you you know at some point you're just a spoiled baby and. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to you got to grow up. And I think mm. I think he's I think he can, you know, I mean, it's it's I think I think Ben Simmons publicly, at least to me, looks like a someone who's like having a little bit of an existential crisis to, to Derek's point, mm-hmm. Who, mm-hmm. you know, has never really been challenged before, gone through adversity before. And, um, you know, it, it's going to kind of be up to him to decide how he gets through it, you know.
3: Yep. Well said. Dave, good stuff. So what's next? What's the uh what's our next com we'll be looking for from you? That's uh, uh, a
6: that's a great question. i am gonna do uh some Sixers free agents. to kind of try to answer the question that you asked me. Okay. Hopefully yeah. a little more eloquently, but like <laughs> uh,
3: I love <laughs> you I love your work, man. I'm <laughs> I'm a huge fan. You can follow me. Likewise, David, brother. Yeah, Likewise. At oh, by great. David Murphy on Twitter and of course Inquirer.com. Dave, keep up the good work. Appreciate man. you. bro. Thank, you, man. Thank you, brother.
1: Yeah.
6: Had you had a lot of fun. See Take care, man.
3: All right. So guys, let's get a quickie here and uh, we'll come back. We got it. We do a bunch of stuff in open talk, man. we got to hit the stuff that's kind of coming down now, which I'll hit you guys with. We have a lot to do. So we'll get a quick timeout. We'll come back. Don't go anywhere. Sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network.
8: Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Seven,
9: four, three. One, two, three. Because
8: Philadelphia Dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
9: At stateside vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
10: every moment and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world never miss a moment trust the people at Action News alright did you know it was
7: the mommy slam dunk champion really <laughs> yes really don't sound so surprised let's see it oh you're ready alright here we go let's hear the crowd so go to writer, go to that fake mom. mama go oh, mama! she did it Again?
0: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings.
2: United Healthcare. Huh? Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theOceanac.com.
3: All right, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. We are Sports Fake, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Rob Ellis Gun Gunn, Barrett Brooks. All right, so let's hit a couple things here, guys. So um, the 49ers have given Jimmy Garoppolo permission, excused him from OTAs. We know he's coming back from an injury, but it, the reports are also that they're you know, picking up the pace here trying to move him. So I'll ask you guys, there doesn't appear to be a lot of good landing spots you know, as of right now where do you think he could end up Carolina they drafted Corral yeah I I don't know I don't I don't think he's going anywhere to be honest yeah it feels like they're going to try but no one wants to take that 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 number off them either
4: I mean I mean Jimmy Garoppolo would be better than what you already have with Carolina Mm -hmm. the Jets Houston um but I just can't see the 49ers turning that team over to that young kid yet. I don't think he's ready, to be honest. You know, and right now they have a built they have a model built to compete at a high level now. And I think with that quarterback, you're going to take a step back, the young quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, is a good manager of a game. We talked about him a few weeks ago. And when I put, did his numbers, we were talking about the top five quarterbacks in each conference. Yeah, and I said Jimmy Garoppolo is my number five, and I based it on the fact I think he's a good manager. He reminds me of a Trent Dilfer. The year Baltimore won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in 2000, when they had one of the most dominant defenses in the history of pro football, you know. And all they told Trent Dilfer was, "Don't screw this up." That's all you got to do. Just go out, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo is that kind of player. They have they have a rugged team, you know, rugged offensive line, rugged defense, you know. Decent receivers, decent backfield,
3: innovative coach, uh, innovative you know, head coach.
4: Play. You have one of the best offensive minds in the game. You know you can take the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hand and still have a great measure of success with that team. I don't know if that if the, if the young kid's ready to do that yet. Hmm. So that's why I'd be shocked if Jimmy Garoppolo goes anywhere this year.
3: Okay, Barrett, you think he stays as well?
5: I do think he stays.
3: Thirty-three and fourteen um, is a starter, by the way. Yep. Five and two yeah. in the playoffs.
5: He's got good numbers. I mean, yeah, he's 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 what you want in a postseason. He's what you want as far as solidifying a team. Um, evidently, he's a great um, he's he's a great guy in the locker room because his teammates love him. Yeah, I think the only real logical place he could end up is what, um, either Miami. Um, I don't think they if it is, it's few and far between when they trade in, within the division, but I, I would say Seattle. But
3: Seattle's you know, were, interesting if they, yeah, if they would do that, that right, that's the right. only, that makes the most sense to me, but yeah. I'm with well, you. I there. mean, yeah. Uh, the Eagles did it. The Eagles yeah. With did Donovan. It
5: with yep. So I, I'm saying there, uh, maybe even with the giants.
3: Okay. Oh, uh, giants. Okay. I like that. I like either one of those two that you yeah, just threw out yeah. there. I think that's possible. Hey, Romeo Cornell retires after yeah. 50 years yeah. in coaching 39 in the NFL.
5: Yep. That is crazy.
3: It's a long Crazy. run, man. That's a I, long I, I don't run.
5: even want to know you guys for that long, let alone coach that <laughs> long.
4: <laughs> Here, here's a prime example of a guy I put in the category of. Graded coaching a position should not have been a head coach.
1: Yes. 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 He had yep.
4: one winning season as a head coach. Um, Everybody loves this guy for his, innov- his innovative mind as a defensive coach. You know, and that was his forte. But for whatever reason, he just never made that next step to becoming a head coach. You look, he coached Cleveland, Kansas City, and Houston. It just didn't pan out for him. He had the one winning year in Kansas City in 2007. Outside of that, the most wins he ever had in the season was, what, six? Yeah, it was, in a he was he was season.
3: Some guys just aren't. You're right. They're not like Bum Phillips. Wade. He was yeah. never cut yeah. out for yeah. it. He, he just didn't. He was a great defensive coordinator, but not a good head coach. Now, was, now. The way it works. R-
4: Rios. Yeah. Jason Garrett. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got a lot of, you got a lot of guys like that. And there's and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh you know, kudos to you if you get the opportunity. But I think sometimes you're exposed once you get to that pedestal where you're calling all the shots. A team that you go to control to, to bring in your coaching staff to call the shots to or orchestrate game plans and it doesn't does pan out. You know, Romeo's had a great career, you know and you look at some of the defenses he had in New England and other places he's been, um, you know, kudos to him for being able to walk away from the game on his own terms. You know, that that tells you something when you consider that, you know, he was the head coach, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He had eight seasons as a head coach. It didn't pan out. Yet people still coveted him in terms of being on their coaching staff because of what he brings to the table defensively. That's respect at its finest right there. So kudos to him for him being able to ride right off to the sunset on his own
3: terms. Yeah, interesting. And so staying in the NFL, guys, so there's a 24th woman who has uh, brought about a civil suit oh, against Sean Watson. You know, the, here's the, the the problem I think the league is in. You If you hand down a suspension now four or six games and these things keep dropping, These you know, there's more and more of these civil suits that keep coming down. Like, what do you do? Oh, we're gonna add two on to it, or, or we shouldn't have done it. Like, like I, I don't know. Like, can you can you start the year with him? Like, what do you do here with this guy? And and man, just look bad for Cleveland. Even if it's not, you know, we all know. I don't know what happened. I'm just saying, 24 now. That's a tough number to just kind of, you know. My my big concern is from.
4: why are all these allegations coming out of the woodworks
3: late? The latest one, just for whatever it's worth. The latest okay. one. It is off the heels of I guess it was Real Sports. I don't know exactly what show it was on HBO. I think it was Real Sports. I didn't see the episode, but um, she essentially saw his his uh, attorney on there, and and the way it was portrayed, and it really set her off and, and angered her. And I get that,
4: but why why are all these coming out late? You see what I'm saying? Why yeah. did these come out like right after they happened? You know, and I understand a lot of times. A person doesn't want to be the initial one to to file a lawsuit because you're thinking, number one, I'm going up against a high-profile, successful uh, athlete. Um, number two, you know, you don't know how much pain they've endured behind this, um, you know, and how it would affect not just them but their family members. But it's it's amazing how all of a sudden he signs a 230 million dollar contract with the Cleveland Browns. Now you start to see more allegations trickle out. And, and let me go on record before anybody gets in the chat saying I'm condoning what Deshaun Jackson did, or allegedly did. Watson, Watson, yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson, yep. you know, uh, allegedly did. As a husband and a father of two daughters, I don't condone sexual assaults in any way, shape, or form. But the speculation has to be out there. Why did these things surface sooner rather than later? That's all I'm asking. You know, I'm not I'm not taking sides in any way, shape or form. And, you know, it falls under the category of, you know, you're you're innocent until proven guilty. There's a whole lot of allegations out there now. A couple of what? A couple of courts in Houston through the case have already thrown the case out, won't even touch the case. Well, yeah, you know, they don't do that unless they look at every aspect possible, every stone unturned and, and say, okay, this is a viable case. Or, you know what, there's too many gray areas here. Yeah. So if, if courts are throwing it out before it even gets to trial, that's that's a big question mark to me as well.
5: Yeah. Well, question mark. Yeah. And also, you know, why are they all represented by one lawyer? You know. Um, yeah. There aren't other lawyers that want to get in. You know. This, right. Right. Um. I, to me, I.
3: Yeah, I think there's a lot of unknowns yeah, right, uh, here. It's, yeah, it's too uh, many and, unknowns. Yeah. And I just I just brought it up simply because I don't know what the league does with this. It's, right. a, it's a very tricky um, situation, just to say the least.
4: Well, I'll tell you what i do. If it lingers on well into the season, Deshaun Watson is my starting quarterback from day one until further notice. <laughs> now, who, <laughs> now, whoever your number two quarterback is, you're getting more reps than a normal number two quarterback yep. is getting in practice just to get you ready. Yeah. And But right now, if, if this thing is still lingering when the season kicks off, Deshaun Watson, you're in the center. We're paying you a whole lot of money. You're on the center until further notice. Yeah. And, and for, what,
3: for whatever it's worth, Baker Mayfield's still there. Exactly. And, and, and maybe – exactly. you and I were talking about this pre-show, I think. Maybe he's still there for a reason. Exactly. You yeah, know? but I think you need That's to cut exactly
4: bait. It. I think you, you got to cut bait with Baker bait, Mayfield. That could be a very, oh, um, volatile. very volatile situation. I agree. You know, Because ba- Baker's one of these guys, he speaks his mind, yep. whether you agree with him or not. Yep. You don't want to have your chemistry – the, the chemistry you're trying to build. You don't want to have that disrupted – Going into a season,
5: well, how do you, you know. do that, Derek? How do you do that? How do you do what? How do you get rid of the guy? How do you get rid of the guy that nobody wants?
3: Cut, cut. Yeah, they—they're they're trying, Barry, They're trying to trade him because they trying. want people to yeah. eat eat some of it. Um, I think they're either going to have to cut him or eat more of what they're offering to eat now. Yes, that he cut over. him. You
4: plain and simple cut him. Yeah, you know. Thank you for your services. You don't need that distraction in your locker room, Barrett. If you're a front office person, what do you what are you thinking right now? He doesn't want to be here. He has openly said he doesn't want him to be here. Now, he can have an influence on younger players. And let's face it, whether we agree with the Baker Mayfield or not, there's a certain faction of players that are his boys in a locker room. Baker starts talking, boys start talking to other players. All of a sudden, you got dissension in the locker room. I go back to when it was T.O. against Donovan. T.O. was here one year. When that thing started to blow up, I know for a fact, because I'm in the locker room, there are people that took – TO side that used to be one of Donovan's boys. Wow. Okay, they took TO side in this issue that caused a lot of unnecessary tension. Okay. It's, wow,
6: that's, so, that's interesting.
4: That's true. You know it, it no, nah, it's real. You don't, know, you real. don't, and I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say names, but you don't want that in the locker room when you're right. trying to win games and get to a playoffs. They're in a very competitive division. That AFC North ain't no joke.
1: Mm-mm.
4: You know, if yeah. you're trying to go somewhere, if you gotta and oh my goodness. Let's say let's say Deshaun Watson starts, okay. All of a sudden he's suspended four games. Baker Mayfield takes over as decent. Soon as Deshaun Watson serves his four game suspension, he's automatically your starter again. What kind
3: of tension is that creating in your locker room? Well, I, Kevin Stefanski, good luck because you you have headaches exactly. out the wazoo, man. Heading into this season, you do. Uh, it, it, it's going to be tough, man. That's a tough situation. All right, uh, I want to jump around to a couple other things looks like Rasheed Wallace is going to be named an assistant coach with the Lakers with Darvin Ham, who they, they played together on that Pistons team that won at no four with Larry Brown as the head coach. Rasheed was an assistant at Memphis with Penny Hardaway in college. Now he's jumping back to the pros as an assistant coach. So Philly guy, thought I'd throw it out there. Okay. Rasheed right. had it that way. Good for you. Um, yeah, no, no doubt. Um, all right, so a couple other things. Uh, it, it broke yesterday that Quinn Snyder is going to be stepping away in Utah. He's got, I don't think he's going to coach this year, guys. He's got to, he's got to have his hip replaced or surgery on his hip. That's pretty serious. He just strikes me as a guy who's kind of fried anyway and wants to take a year, but you know, that could open up. He's going to be a, a guy who's, you know, in demand the following year, I think in 20 the 23, 23. season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been telling you guys don't discount Utah for, for doc Rivers, So I will keep throwing that out there. We'll see how that ends up, you know, you know, playing out, but, um, Back to the finals last night, which we touched on briefly earlier. Hey Rob, well, considering considering you got Joe Girardi
4: fired, man, I'm, I believe anything you tell me. Yes, it was me.
3: I I had a really deep conversation with John Middleton and hey, Dave Dombrowski, hey, and we made
4: that's it. What up. I, that's why that's I saw it go down, brother. Yeah. I'm just saying.
3: I hear you, man. Uh, sorry, Joe. I had to do it for. I took you had to take one for the city. Um, <laughs> so uh, I just I'm just saying, keep your eye on that one. All right. So uh, the Warriors win last night after. Falling apart in Game One in the fourth quarter. They they take care of you know. Steph was really good. The, the the one guy I'd be worried about a little bit if I was Golden State on their team. Clay Thompson is kind of a mess right now. Yeah, man. You know, and they won despite it. And you know, give them credit. They they shut down, put the clamps on Boston last night. Um, Clay looks like he's a little just lost at this at this point in time. You know, he, I don't know. It looked like a lot of forced shots to me, rather than catch and shoot comfortably. Boston's really making him. Uncomfortable in a lot of ways. That's going to have to change in Boston because they play again on Friday or Wednesday. I'm sorry, Wednesday. It's interesting how
4: the third quarter has been huge in both of these games. Yeah. You know, it was a two point game at halftime. And like I said off the top of the show today, I said, I would tell you when I knew this game was over, to me, the game was over when Jordan Poole hits that half quarter at the end of the third quarter, brought With the- confidence. With yes. confidence. With confidence, yeah. Hit that, hit that shot, and you look at the body language of Boston after like, what the heck are we supposed to do after that? Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. And they were down like 25 at that point. That's when I knew this game was over. When was the last time you
3: saw a team call off the dogs with like eight minutes left oh, in the game? I, I mean, Udoka straight up was like, That's here's it. the white flag. I'm Udoka, resting these guys. Like, yeah. It's over. Yeah, I know. I was. Cr-. It's rare that you see Steph Curry in awe of somebody. When Poole hit yeah. that shot, even yeah. Steph Curry was like, Okay. Yeah.
4: Exactly. <laughs> you
3: know, it looked like me out there. All right. I got it. You know, <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. So that's uh, that series is they had to get that game. Uh, you know, I also felt like really from about the second quarter on Boston was in, hey, we already got our game mentality. Like it, they didn't have the same edge that they played with in game one. Um, that's for sure. But that game goes back to Boston. Well, you look, you look
4: at Jason Tatum, he had 28 points, but he had 21 in the first half and only seven in the second half. Yep. And I'm yep. looking at the numbers across the board. You know, both teams were 15 of 37 from, from beyond the arc. Both teams, 15 of 37. Man. Boston had a better free throw percentage. They hit 13 of 17. Golden State, 14 of 20. Field call percentage, okay, Golden State hit 45 compared to Boston's 37. Mm-hmm. Boston had 37 defensive rebounds to Golden Ooh. State's 36. And I'm sitting there going, now, difference, obviously, now, the fourth quarter is kind of skewed. Yeah, Boston it's, it's had 18, scrub time. Yeah. yeah, Boston had 18 turnovers. But how many of those occurred in the fourth quarter? You yeah. Know?
1: yeah,
4: Um, But the fact that the score was so lopsided, I'm looking at the numbers, and the numbers are very similar across the board. And I'm trying to figure out how in the world this happened. Obviously, 35-14 scoring in the third quarter was huge, a huge factor there. Yeah. But I love how both teams have adjusted. And that's why I said it's gonna be a seven game series. Yeah, I think it goes deep, I, too.
3: I think it goes back to Golden State 2 2, to be yep. honest. Agreed, agreed. All right, I want to hit you guys with this. So it's yeah. crazy when you think about it. Twenty-one years ago today was the Allen Iverson step over of Tyron Lu. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that is oh. an iconic, iconic shot, man. Yeah, it was. Just the, the stomp, the stomp Dude.
4: over. Not only the step over, but then he looks at him as he's walking down the court. Yeah. Like, hey,
5: yeah. You're going to stay right where you are. Right. The, and Tyron Lue looking for somebody to come help him up. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> no. And Not look, right. it, it was the high point of that series for the Sixers because they would, they would lose four oh, straight after goodness. that, but it was, it was quintessential Iverson right there, man. There, there's no question about that. Um, A couple other odds and ends that, that I wanted to hit you guys with. So uh, it looks like at least, at least right now with the Quinn Snyder thing I, with Utah, that, that it, it may lead to Donovan Mitchell either forcing his way out or somebody being out of there. So, He's not happy that, that Quint Snyder's step, stepping away. So keep your keep your eyes on, on what happens there with uh with Donovan Mitchell. Spider. Spider Mitchell. I know, spider. Spider. So we'll see how that shakes <laughs> itself out with uh with him. And, and also before we get out of here today, so 78 years ago today, guys, was D-Day when we, we landed oh. in Normandy and you know laid the foundation for the uh, victory on the on the Western front. But man, what uh, you talk about bravery, and if you ever want to watch a scene from a movie to try to capture it. Just watch the first scene of Saving Private Ryan. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Like the the the, lo, the action in that movie really gives it a feel for I think and, and the veterans the guys who were still around they were older men obviously at that point were like yeah that that does sort of feel like what this was I mean just just heading over there to the to the beaches over there and what they ended up doing amazing you know, just it, total it, total it, bravery
4: any movie that I've seen pertaining to D Day. You know, when you see them getting off the boats and they're sitting ducks, basically yeah. they're yep. sitting ducks because the Germans control the hilltop and they're just picking them off left and right. How can it not scar you for life when you you know you get off a boat with a guy who you're talking to, you jawjack him, all of a sudden he's laying and he's dead and you're still trying to survive. Yep. And and then you talk to you you hear the stories of some of the guys that survived that and how it traumatized them. Threadle. I don't know if I'd ever sleep well again after no. going through something Bro, like that, man.
5: You're jumping out of a boat on top yeah. of somebody.
3: Yeah. It's
4: passing o- Yeah, Not yep. only that, but sometimes the boat couldn't get close enough to the shore. They had to swim.
3: Swim with, the, with their know, gear. Get yeah. to the shore with, all, with all that heavy gear? No, it's coming at you, too. It's crazy. And you it's got crazy. bombs and bullets coming at you. Yeah. Left right, Man. Incredible. D- different oh, level. Of, a lot of 18-,
4: 19-year-old kids. Ahead.
3: And younger. Some signed oh, up, got goodness. their parents' permission, and went younger. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. So, anyway, I just wanted to, to pass that along. But, guys, fun show today, man. We we got a, we hit a lot of stuff. and we Way to keep start it rolling. the week, oh, boys. Yeah, we started strong. We'll keep it rolling tomorrow as well. We appreciate everybody who streamed, everybody who listened, everybody in the comment section. You guys are the best. Keep telling a friend. Keep smashing that like button. Don't go anywhere. National Football Show with Dan Cilio. Thanks to Xander Krause, our producer. Derek Barrett, great job, guys. We'll be back at it tomorrow at noon. Fellas, have a great rest of your day. Everybody have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network.
8: Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you.
9: Seven, four, three. One, two, three. Because
8: Philadelphia Dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
9: At stateside vodka, every new company